righty. Finally. After only four a hours. A month and four hours. Yeah. A month and four hours. <laughs> <laughs> More than that, because we attempted to film this in July 4th. Yeah. And it's it not just... July. It is unfortunately September 11th. We're a little behind on schedule, <laughs> which is well, fine. This episode will drop sometime in October. Yeah, we were supposed to start recording four hours ago, but unfortunately, someone's laptop decided that it needed an update, and we decided that we needed coffee. So, well, I love that. Love the coffee ASMR. That's not even coffee, it's a goddamn refresher. Listen, I don't like coffee. I don't like the way it makes me feel. I will drink my refresher <laughs> in peace. Thank you. Okay. Anyway, who are we? What are we doing here? Welcome to Wicked Anthology, a podcast where two people sit down and tell each other stories about wicked things that happened. Wicked in two senses, because I do love me a good word that has two meanings. There's a word for that, and I don't know. Double entendre. Double entendre. Mm, Love me a double entendre. So, Wicked Anthology, Wicked Cool, Wicked Bad. The bad kind of wicked, not the third wicked, which is that one musical that I refused to watch, even though it's my favorite. And I am desperate to try to get you in there at some point. I think it doesn't help that I also don't like The Wizard of Oz. Well, The Wizard of Oz is arguably the worst kind of person in general. So no, 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 not Oz the Wizard, the Wizard of Oz, <laughs> the concept of Oz. <laughs> So we have been recording for not even five minutes and we're already off topic. Anyway, welcome to Wicked Anthology. My name is Mythos. And my name is Psychos. And we will be your hosts. Psychos will be covering true crime and general mischief. And I will be covering uh, history in a rough sense, stories from other cultures, and ancient mischief and debauchery also love that word debauchery and some of my cases may or may not have actually existed but the fact that they are maybe more well known hey, 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 hey. no foreshadowing in the first episode <laughs> no foreshadowing in the first episode we we haven't even people have even decided if they like us yet we can't start dropping lore bombs it's too late i'm dropping lore bombs oh no now i've foreshadowed <laughs> yeah exactly episode three in the first episode <laughs> Uh, we're excited for episode three more than anything else. The episode three is the reason why we started this podcast. I'm joking, but... Well, so the the research that we've done, at least for me, I started doing this research months ago. And so I actually have no idea what I wrote down at this point because we have tried to record the the first this episode months ago. Like two, I can't count, two months ago? So July, oh. August, September, two months ago-ish? Yeah, about two months ago. Yeah. We just never... We never got there, and also we t- decided to record it at 2 in the morning. Which was arguably the worst decision we could have ever made, but you know. Uh, yeah, so uh, we are currently telling stories that we have researched, but I couldn't tell you anything about the research that I've done on at least this episode and the next episode. So I will be rediscovering this about the same time that you are, which will be amazing because I feel like there's one point in the story where I don't know who's doing what, but also some historical stuff is kind of hard to keep track of. And as of right now, 
I am not the uh, level of a researcher that I can just bust open an archive and find stuff. I'll get there eventually, but right now we're just going based off of uh, what I can get from mostly reliable sources. On Yield Google. Actually, Bing. I use this. This, uh, this research was powered by Bing. So. Uh, we're not sponsored, by the way. So Bing, get out us. <laughs> yeah. So I have no recollection of which one of us started this off first. And I also have no recollection of uh, what order, like what your story was about at all. I do want to say before we jump in, all of the stuff that we go over here in this episode, I feel like this is all our opinions. We are just silly, goofy people making a silly, goofy podcast just because we like telling stories and we like telling other people's stories. And I specifically would love for people to listen to our podcast and, well point blank period listen to our podcast but i would love people to listen to our podcast and gain a little more knowledge about the world so we're probably going to reach a very niche amount of people and we're probably going to reach a very niche type of people if you like to learn about other cultures and you like to learn about absolutely horrific true crime cases this is the place to be so yeah just a heads up i'm probably not going to be covering any ghost stories because I don't like talking about ghost stories. I do like listening about them. Listening about them? Listening to them. But I probably will not be covering cryptids or ghosts or anything. I'm pretty much going to stick to cultural legends and myths and myth mythology. Hence the mythos. mythos. Um, I personally won't be covering a whole lot of ghost stories. I'll be covering different things. Like from murder, obviously. But... Not every case that I will cover will involve death in one way or another. I can cover, like, grifting, which is just scams, essentially. I can cover so many different things, and I don't know if you can hear it, but Mythos is currently grabbing something. I can't tell what they're trying to grab. <laughs> Oreos. And you're not sharing. Okay. That's it's homophobic. The five, there's five spooky Halloween designs. Hang on. Pause. We need to figure out what designs of Oreos they are. Um, I can hit pause on the... Recording. No, this is going to be oh. Oreo ASMR. Ready? Are you ready for this? You got you to gotta accept this if you're going to keep listening. I'm so sorry. It <laughs> <laughs> is so loud. <laughs> Do you want to know what it sounds like with two Oreos rubbed together? Please don't do this. Please don't do this. Oh my god, why are you doing this? <laughs> this I one says dare to dunk with a bat on it. This one I don't know what I'm looking Oh, it's a witch on a broomstick. What else do we have here? More witches on broomsticks. This one says boo with a ghost on it. Um, And this one has a pumpkin on it. I think that's all of them. Mm. Um, might have been four. I don't know. Anyway, they also have orange filling in them. Yes, because they're Halloween Oreos. We also have sugar cookies with pumpkins on them. Um, because yes, I'm so happy about that. Anyway, that is the food I smell. Anyway, who would you like to go first? Do we want to have a consistent um, first going forward? Or do you want to try to trade off? Who goes first every episode? I think we can trade off. I would like to probably do the heavier stuff in the beginning and the not so heavy stuff at the end. Oh, okay. Um, so I know at least for episode three, I will probably be going first because my story is a little bit heavier. Um, yeah. <clears throat> however, 
my first story today is not very heavy. Mine is. Yeah. So do you want to go first? Also, just another heads up. I want to say this. I am going to be talking about historical and, and cultural stuff. If we make jokes at any point during those stories, I am not making fun of the culture. I'm not making fun of the legends of this culture. Not saying it's dumb or stupid. But even in my own religion, I can find some humor in some of the just completely stupid things that have been written down. Yeah, and that is also to say whenever we crack jokes during my stories and cases it's not laughing at the victims it's not laughing at what happened more often than not we just it's really hard for us to sit through coping with humor basically for the the really deep stuff that happens we got to find little moments of Mm -hmm. something because it's we at least for me i didn't fully understand you know, when I would listen to true crime podcasts, how people would say, oh, it was really heavy. They need like a palate cleanser. When I would listen to podcasts, I didn't get that sense of like, oh, that was so dark. I need like a second. After recording or at least researching. Yeah. After researching uh, some of the stuff that I've been researching, especially not this episode, but one of our future episodes that um, we'll be recording today, um, I do understand the needing to take a second. It took me like a, a good couple weeks to research um one of these because it was so hard and it it probably won't happen to me most of all because I it's a lot of historical stuff so I don't have to deal with like the immediate like I can see the effects of this issue yeah but with one of our episodes in the future I I could I was seeing photographs and videos of stuff and it was just really hard for me to watch so and for me it's going to be the exact opposite I'm going to be seeing the repercussions of these people's actions i'm going to be seeing the i'm going to be looking at a lot of things to do with these crime scenes i'm going to be listening to the victim statements i'm going to be interacting a lot with the victim's families and like what they have to say like obviously not right away while we're still so small because i don't want to drag people into this without knowing that their story will be fully told Mm -hmm. to a larger group of people because yeah. i feel like i feel like the more people who understand the more recent cases the safer more people will be and it also help those families still struggling get the justice they deserve or at least get the support they deserve yeah so there might be stories that we don't cover right away and it's because we want to wait until we have because on top of this we we both have full-time jobs And so until this becomes something that we can do, you know, put more time or more effort into or something that, you know, a case that needs a lot more thorough research, we would push back to give us more time to research it over. So instead of just researching it for a month, we might take like three months or four months to research something. And so that episode wouldn't come out until much later because we need to spend a lot more time thoroughly getting everything through. So for right now, we're just doing the stuff that we felt could be told with not a crazy in-depth fine-tooth comb research just getting the story there and if you want more details you can always look stuff up on your own but at least this will introduce you to some new things that maybe you haven't heard before yeah and for sure we already have like plans for like longer form episodes where or multi-part episodes that'll be a while away but if you notice that we aren't covering something that you feel like needs to be covered you can always shoot us an email 
drop the email in the description of the podcast and we'll look into it but that probably won't be for a good bit yeah you got to give us some time to yeah because we are working things are, over yeah we are both working full-time but this is more of a passion project than anything else so yeah this is just us kind of documenting the stuff that we've looked into but anyway so that being said since we've decided that the heavier story is going to go first and then the second story will be a little bit of a palate cleanser I believe that means that Psychos is going first. Oh no. So, today we're going to begin in Japan. And mm. sometimes our topics will line up where... We'll oh, I totally forgot to mention that. Yeah, yeah, go yeah, ahead. So sometimes we'll be doing cases from the same country, sometimes not. Initially, for as much as we can, we will try to stay in the same general area. But eventually we'll probably end up splitting off to do our own thing yeah. around the so. world. We have our first few episodes, we have things that are roughly similar. So we'll either be in the same country or kind of keeping of the same theme. I think this first episode, we really nailed the crossover aspect of it. Yeah, this episode and next episode, I believe we really hit hard with the crossovers. I don't remember what you did for the next episode. I, I don't think I've even heard it because we yeah, didn't record that one. So I have no idea what's coming next episode. We do have a rough idea when we decide what we're going to do. We communicate that. So at some point I was told what it was, but I couldn't freaking tell you what it is now. But I know for our third episode, they don't really have a lot of crossovers, but I had requested a story from you. And in return, I researched something that initially I thought was going to cover a topic that you were very interested in. And then discovered that it just got much worse. So Yeah, it's fine. We'll cover that later. later also, in episode and three. Also, very, very important thing to note. At least initially, these episodes will come out every other week. Yes. So you will get two episodes a month. Unless there are three weeks in, or five weeks in a month. Unless there are three whole weeks in a month. I'm um, tired. That's okay. It's only four. Oh, we missed 420. It's 426. Yeah. Damn it. Um, anyway but yes we will be doing these bi-weekly um until we have the time to sit down and do weekly until this is something that we can you know keep going with but yeah and that's that okay. also means that these episodes will be a little bit longer probably than your your standard you know weekly podcasts that are like you know hour 30 to two hours so it might end up being, you know, ideally not four hours long, but we talk a lot. We do. Um, um, and this so. episode, of course, because we're introducing ourselves, we're introducing the podcast, what we're doing with it. It will also be probably a good bit longer than our other episodes going forward. So if yes. you can stick through this, I promise you they won't be this long all the time. All right. also, oh, well, one more Go thing ahead. I wanted to note. Um, So probably contrary to a lot of other podcasts that at least I've listened to. We do live together. We are happily, question mark, together. Um, and give so or take some days. I'm joking, give or take I'm joking. some days, yeah. Yesterday. Hey. Um, so nothing happened yesterday, by the nothing way. I'm just being, being a, a shithead. We, we probably want to have that banter of catching up or seeing how things are going because I, we work at the same place. We also do this together. We live together. So we see each other every day. So... Unless there is something that happened that day that we sat down that night and I'm just like, I need to tell you this. There isn't going to be a lot of, oh, how was your day? Oh, well, two weeks ago I did this. So we're yeah. just going to be kind of 
kind of just jumping right into it and then you'll learn about us as you go yeah sometimes you'll get the lower drop sometimes you won't and if you manage to catch something that you think may need to be corrected at all during either of our segments please please let us know and we will make a note for that episode yep because we don't want to put forward incorrect information if there Mm -hmm. is a possibility that somebody whose culture we're talking about can provide more context or be like hey actually this is about or actually you said this but in reality it's closer to this we desperately want to make this as accurate as we can yeah thank you and um i lost the word you know in in the future you know my preference would be hey if i have people who are from this country or who are educated about this you know what information do you have? Or, you know, if we have listeners who listen, who speak a certain language, hey, can you help me with this pronunciation? Or am I saying this right? Or what's the origin of this word? You know, stuff like that. That's that's ideally for the future. But right now it's just the two of us with no help, nothing. We're working from the ground up here. So we Literally. will probably make yeah we're we'll both sitting mis- on the ground right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we will probably make mistakes now that will be corrected later. Um, yes. And we might even come back to these stories and do more in-depth research once we have Absolutely. those abilities, too. I so. personally would love to have, like, maybe, like, a monthly or so update on the cases I've done before. If, like, there's any, like, new information that comes out about them that just wasn't out when I initially did my research. I feel like that would be so much more informative. I agree. All right. Alrighty. So, as previously stated, we are starting in Japan today. In my case, mm-hmm. I looked over my notes earlier today for the first time since July. <laughs> what we whispering? I'm so sorry. I just kind of like immediately went into storyteller mode. I forgot how angry this case makes me, which does not bode well for the next episode because that also makes me so, so violently angry. I have no recollection of this case because you told it to me at three o'clock in the morning when I was desperately trying to chug tea stay awake so i'm going to be learning all these details for the first time and at some point i might have to pause and crack open a monster because in about 30 minutes is my usual crack open a monster time so i want you to picture this as you listen it's a late night you've just gotten home from yet another failed date you sigh sit down on the couch and pull up your blog this sounds pretty typical for me You type out a post about how the date didn't go well, and you're just tired of making the attempts to make those connections throughout your daily life. You just want to find the one. It's exhausting. You click post, and you go to bed. When you get home from work the next day, some of the comments suggest online dating. You hesitate. At this point in time, it's still so new, and it's typically used to pick up escorts and stuff, and you're not that into that type of thing but maybe things are changing you sign up and you begin to scroll through the profiles a few catch your eye and you send off quick messages to each of them but right before you log off for the night a profile catches your eye it's this beautiful young woman from tokyo and she's in culinary school which is awesome you send a quick message expressing your interest and you knew deep down that you just matched with the woman who you would spend the rest of your life with. Unfortunately, you would be too correct about that statement. 
Today we are talking about the Lonely Hearts killer, Kanae Kojima. I have no words for this woman. Unfortunately, Just... you have many words right now. <laughs> so many words. Anyway, so let's jump in. She was born in 1974 in Nakashibetsu, North Japan. She was the eldest of four siblings, and not much is super known about them, but they all grew up to be fairly successful and able to move on with their lives after this event. I imagine if you were the sibling of anyone that we have to talk about on this podcast, you might want to not have anything known about you. Just a side note. Yeah. But her father was an administrative scrivener, which is a type of clerk, at a university, while her mother was a piano teacher. Both parents came from a very wealthy background, and so essentially she was kind of a nepo baby. However, like most families where you have somebody in the university life and you have that reputation to uphold in the family her parents were extremely strict was not allowed to have any tv time so they had to have very good grades to even have access to the tv she was taught piano at a very young age obviously because her mother was a piano teacher that was i feel like that was kind of a given but she performed in recitals and competitions throughout her youth so she was very skilled with it and she did end up winning some awards. She was also a very gifted student, achieving high grades and being very engaged with her schoolwork. She was extremely self-conscious and she quickly became with obsessed with big name to beauty products and clothing brands. One of her friend's mom would later call her out in an interview stating that makeup and beauty products were quote very expensive for a high school student. Just as a side note, I don't have much to say right now because I'm just very focused on listening to what you're saying. But I do also agree that makeup and all that stuff, especially now, is so expensive. And being obsessed, like, I understand the obsessive with, like, uh, makeup and stuff like that because you're self-conscious. But that shit's expensive. Yeah, but also her parents were extremely wealthy. So they could kind of afford it. Yeah, but, but I, feel like, I feel like monetary wealth and how much you're willing to spend on frivolous things don't always add up i feel like you do have to you know kind of a kind of account for the money for stuff like that because i remember seeing someone who was like celebrities can't argue about inflation but it's like they also keep like a tight budget on stuff and they see that things are getting really expensive so i feel like even if her family was able to afford it just because you're able to afford it doesn't mean that you should be buying it all the time I mean, that's fair. I also feel like it was kind of weird for her friend's mom to kind of call her out in an interview like all these years later. It doesn't feel like it was... Her friend's mom said that? Her friend's mom said that. What a nosy bitch. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) Like, all things considered, like, these are very expensive. Like, I don't know the brands. Um, The brands were... I couldn't find the brands anywhere. And I kind of looked because I was kind of curious, like, what was she getting that was so expensive back then? Fenty. I don't know who owns Fenty. Who owns Fenty? Rihanna. Is that Rihanna? It's Rihanna's brand, yeah. Rihanna Riri was the was the answer in the mini crossword recently. Yeah, oh, I love that. Like, Rihanna's Any- nickname, like Riri. Okay. She anyway. was buying Fenty Beauty. Non confirmed. Non confirmed because it didn't exist back then. When did when was this case? Um, she was born in 1974. Not FedEx. Fenty Beauty founded. 2017. Yeah, probably. 
I mean, she most time. We'll get her next time, boys. No, we won't. Anyway, so whenever she was in her second year of high school, so about eighty nine to ninety, nineteen eighty nine to nineteen ninety ish, when she she got her first more. Yeah. Okay. She well in English standards. Oh yeah. Like American standards, she got her first boyfriend, and I am not. I don't know if you remember this. (sighs) Was he super old? (sighs) Yeah, he was. Ew. Wait, how old was she? When was she born? In 1974. 1974? In what year was this? She was either 15 or 16. Ew. That's disgusting. He was in his 40s. We have no confirmed age for this man, so he could have been 40 to 49 years old. That's too big of a range for me to feel comfortable with. It's, yeah, and it's huge age gap, and Kanae is only 15 to 16 years old at this time anyway. So we can agree that this was not um, consensual on her part then, I assume. <sighs> I mean, consensual on her part versus she's able to give consent, regardless of, of what I think... the, the age of consent is in Japan at this time. Because I know it's been always kind of on the low end. I'm, l- I'm looking real harshly at you right now, Japan. I know Korea just upped it to 22, right? I don't know. I'm ninety percent sure. certain that Korea just made it twenty two. So huge age gap. Mighty big age gap. Mighty big indeed. But my personal speculation is that there was heavy grooming here. Especially considering when with this next bullet point. Oh no. Um, it's unconfirmed just how she lost her virginity to this man, but it is known that she did lose her virginity to this man. Oof. And I pers- this would have been made more than likely in this country statutory rape shocker um, I wish I was surprised very least because it's this giant ass age gap and there's a huge power imbalance here mm-hmm. like this man is old enough to be her fucking father mm-hmm. and I'm disgusted by it I anyway. think that actually is the age difference between me and my father Ew. I'm so sorry when I was he was what in his 40s yeah, I think was... the age gap between me and my father is like 25. Let me think about that for two seconds. Yeah, well, 25 years apart. The age gap between me and my dad was 21 years apart. Mood. So. 25 years. Wow, that's crazy. While they're quote-unquote dating, uh, he convinces, Reed manipulates, um, Kanae to steal a classmates bank book which is essentially a checkbook mm-hmm. the two then proceed to spend about eight million yen or eighty thousand dollars of this classmates money how do you not notice that much money going missing i assume because she probably went to a private school mm-hmm. that this is just rich people yeah, but like again but- how do you spend that much money i can't even spend eight dollars of my own money without feeling so much anxiety let alone somebody else's money i can I never can't- I can't imagine, I can't fathom having $8,000 go missing, $80,000 go missing from your bank account and you not notice, regardless of how rich you are. That's a little ridiculous to me. Unless this lady's parents were like billionaires, I don't think they could actually notice that money. I'm assuming it's brought up later on, but that's a lot of money to just casually drop and no one notice. Yeah. I also Um. don't know what you would spend that much money on. That's a lot of Pokemon cards. That's a lot of Pokemon cards. That's a lot of My Hero Academia cards. 
That's so many My Hero Academia cards. Listen you here. finally finish out your collection. <laughs> Listen here. I'm not here for this blasphemy. I'm not here for this ridicule, okay? Because let's be real here. If we had that much money, we're not spending it on cards. We're spending it at Barnes & Noble. Yeah, that's fair. We that's were... being spent on, on books. Books. Hefty, hefty books. Anyway, they did get caught and arrested. And the predator, I mean boyfriend. Ooh. He got jail time. Unsure of how long, but because Kanae was a minor at the time, she got probation. However, this kind of seemed to trigger some latent kleptomaniac tendencies. Where kleptomania is when you hoard stuff, right? Uh, no, that's when you steal shit. But it's like almost a compulsion. What? Mm-hmm. So the app Kleptocats is about cats who steal stuff, not cats who hoard stuff? Yes, it's about the cats that go out to steal things for you. <gasps> oh my. And that's my personal thought is that she was a kleptomaniac because of how much she got in trouble for stealing things. Because, again, looking at it from an outside perspective, it looks kind of compulsive, but it could be any number of things. So, again, personal opinion, I think it was compulsive that was kind of triggered by this traumatic experience with this much older dude but it's fine so in 1999 she was arrested for shoplifting in 2000 she was arrested again for shoplifting this time books which mood i choose in her late 20s right now um at this point she is mid to late 20s it's like mid 20s she was born in the 70s 76 74 74 so yeah, mid twenties. Or in two thousand one, she was arrested for stealing cash, and in two thousand three, she I was you said stealing cats. <laughs> cash. Which honestly, me too. Me at PetSmart the other day when we saw that stray, knowing full well we have three cats and a dog. Honestly, one more, one more, just even out the so... cats. Okay, okay, pause for two seconds. Okay, there was a cat. We went, okay, first of all, we went to PetSmart to get... I don't even know what we went for. We went to go look at the Halloween section um, because we needed a cat tower. We, we have two, technically. We needed a third one for our yeah. cats. Because they can't share for the life of them. <laughs> because they I promise fight they... for dominance. Um, they love each other. We promise. Psychosis cat always wins. Yes. So we went to PetSmart, or I think it's PetSmart, to go... Uh, Look at cat towers, which by the way, three hundred dollars for cat towers ridiculous. I just bought a twenty dollar one off of Amazon. Don't buy from Amazon, by the way. Don't do that. But I we needed a cat tower, so we go. We in. try not. Yeah, we try to avoid Amazon where we can because uh, fuck whatever whoever is running that. But specifically, fuck Jeff Bezos. I know yeah. Amazon is no longer run by Jeff Bezos, but it's not. No, is remember? he dead? Jeff Bezos is still alive. Jeff Bezos is still alive. Yeah. Damn. Okay. This entire podcast is my personal opinions and feelings. Please do not go kill Jeff Bezos. Please go do kill not Jeff. kill Jeff Bezos. Go kill Jeff Bezos. Stop it. This isn't subliminal messaging we're having in an, <laughs> in an ethical and moral podcast. This is um, subliminal messaging in this ethical and moral podcast. Eat the rich. And just like that, <laughs> every single... We've that lost we- all of our listeners. Uh, anyway. No, not all of them. We've lost the ones that we didn't want to listen to this anyway. Yeah, by the way, if you don't like gay people, this is the wrong place to be. If you don't like trans people, this is the wrong place to be. If you're racist, this is the wrong place to be. If you don't know how to drive, this is the wrong place to be, by the way. No, 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 no. Don't say not that like, because there are... Not- 
Not like if you don't know how to drive, like you have not been taught how to drive. That's different. If you're an idiot on the road, this is the wrong place to be. <laughs> this is not a safe place. If you this is not a safe place drive. for people who can't drive. <laughs> like, like morally can't drive. Anyway, PetSmart. That's where we were. PetSmart. No, no. Let me talk about PetSmart. We went to PetSmart and they had a stray there. And this stray had been turned in, like hand turned in the same day that a giant bucket of fish had been dropped at the front of this PetSmart that morning. And this cat, it was named, I don't forget what his name was, but he was so cute. And he was like less than a year old. Very, very sweet. Very sweet cat. However, when we were watching it, we think it might have had a brain injury or something because of the way that it was moving and the way it was looking. It looked like it had some sort of head injury. And I think the owners just dumped it at PetSmart and prayed that someone else would take it, which is better for them than just turning i'm i'm hoping that what happened is the the owners just put their cat up to a pet smart because pet smart wouldn't euthanize them and pretended that they didn't know who the cat was instead of just dumping it on the side of the road because the alternative is that the owners dumped it on the side of the road hoping it would die and then someone else found it and turned it into pet smart anyway it was a really cute cat and i still haven't been able to stop thinking about it why are we talking or about kleptomax? Kleptomania? Oh, the kleptomax. We're talking about the talking about klepto cats. I got off topic. I'm so sorry. Yeah, we are. I so got that good with ADHD. Yeah, yeah. Your ADHD kicked in hard there. My ADHD kicks in. My my ADHD kicks me hard all of the time. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Continue. Anyway, so after she graduated from high school, she started attending Tokyo University, which is a massive accomplishment because it is the most elite university in Japan. It's extremely hard to get in and even harder to stay in. So unfortunately, Kanae did end up dropping out at some point. Staying in Tokyo, she worked as a piano teacher, just like how her mother was, and as a helper, presumably in either academic or medical fields. It's not known exactly which one, but this was probably another major hit to her self-esteem because her siblings were able to achieve and maintain steady and great careers. Again, we don't know what they're up to, probably because they want to distance themselves from their sister, but it's just assumed that they're very, very successful comparatively. Here's the thing. I understand that at this point in time, I am very aware of the fact that this lady goes on to probably kill people. But at this point in time, I do feel bad for her because she is from a nice, she's from a wealthy family. She worked hard. She did well for herself, at least in school up to this point. But she also got in with a situation that probably really fucked her up. Um, So I I understand. And that's kind of why at this point in time, I kind of want to make this very clear that I'm not here to demonize everybody or anybody for that matter. Like even these people who've done awful things, we can acknowledge that they've done horrible things. But in this case, we can also acknowledge that what happened to Kanae was awful and probably the reason why she went on to do these things. It does not excuse it, but it does provide an explanation. I don't like to think that people are naturally born evil. There are some people where you just can't excuse that. I don't like to think that people are naturally born evil. I do like to think that people have good and bad in them. And based off of what situations you're put into depends on kind of the person you become. I do think that she just got kind of screwed over by life Uh, at least at this point it's not a justification for her actions but i think 
people should acknowledge more that it does take a lot of work to be a good person after a bad situation. And sometimes, unfortunately, it is just easier to be a bad person because you don't have to accept what's happened to you. You can just be angry about it because healing and moving on from a really hard situation is one of the hardest things that you can do because it takes a lot of emotional awareness. This could be a whole other separate issue on mental health assistance, especially in Japan. I know that it's not as talked about as it is here. It's very stigmatized even now. So I'm sure that there was just no opportunity for her to try to talk about or work through anything that she had been through. And depending on what the the age of consent was at this time, you know, we have no idea what, regardless of what the law for the age of consent is, it, it, it doesn't matter because she's still a child, at least to me, to, uh, to us. And being in that kind of a situation with no way to get help it's not going to really look out for her unless she's really, really trying. And it's it's just easier to not try. Yeah. And again, I agree. It's harder to put into context these things where if all you're doing is looking at the crimes, it is not our job to be judge, jury, and executioner to any of the people we talk about. But it's also not our job to put them above the victims in these cases. They are horrible people, unfortunately, because of the actions they have chosen to take. Everybody has a choice. It is just a matter of understanding the choice you make at the time. And I fully believe that she understood the choices she was making whenever she committed her crimes. But let's continue. Agree. At this point in her time, she's feeling very low in herself, very low self-esteem, and she started using this pseudonym online named Sakura Yoshikawa. This was to, in essence, create a fantasy version of herself. While Kanae Kajima had dropped out of school, had been arrested on numerous shoplifting charges, and couldn't hold down a steady job or boyfriend, Sakura Yoshikawa had graduated with flying colors, was a nurse, a therapist, or a chef, depending on who you were, and had family in high positions at Tokyo University. Do you think that she maybe changed what her profile was depending on who she was trying to lure at the time? Absolutely. Um, Or do you think she just had just random profiles of random work accomplishments and then just whichever one bit the most? You know what I mean? I feel like it shifted depending on what website she was on. Because she was on multiple multiple websites. She was on multiple websites. Oof. I'm still going to refer to her as Kanae, though. You will hear Sakura mentioned. So when I mention Sakura, that is just her online persona. When she was 19, she started to specifically target older men. And from the way she described it, she became... Almost like an escort to these older men. And as she grew more experienced, her rates and her rewards would reflect that. I fully believe that the reason why she started targeting older men was as a way to get back at the man who essentially ruined her life. Uh, back up for two seconds. You said the rates and what would reflect that? Rewards. What does that mean? Gifts and stuff. Like sugar baby? Yeah, an escort. She was a sugar baby. She was a sugar baby, essentially, but she was working as an escort, for lack of a better term. Okay, got you. Yeah. However, this was heavily implied that this would also be a part of the scam. Like, these were just scams that she ran that would lead her to murder, at the very least, three men in her life, if not more. She would essentially catfish these men, heavily editing her photos to the point where she would be almost unrecognizable. She would use each of the fake careers that were listed before 
to lure these men in or make herself more presentable to these men on the dating websites. During this time, Kanae was not living the life that she had grown up with. She was extremely shy and often relied on her uh, Shih Tzu dogs for company, which honestly moved. Side note, I hate Shih Tzus. I know that that's going to be a really controversial opinion. I don't hate dogs. If I came across a Shih Tzu, I would treat it like I treat every other dog and I would love it with all my heart and soul. But me personally, I do not like Shih Tzu. That's just a me thing. That's just a me thing. I did have one named Daisy though. Really cute, but every time she got wet, oh my god, she smelled disgusting. I don't know what was wrong with that dog. She smelled like rotten cake. It was the worst smell ever. Okay. We never well, we never washed her. What dog smell is a real thing. Can I also struggled with like struggled with money related things. She couldn't pay rent on time for a majority of her time in the apartment that she was living in at the time. She would always have stacks and stacks of boxes from online purchases and gifts from these men, all addressed to sakura but like she would tip the delivery men for their services she couldn't pay rent despite getting all this money from these men and all these gifts that she could have sold realistically to pay for her bills what was she spending the money on online shopping she would take the money that she was given and shop i mean mood but there was a lot of fights between herself and these delivery men that were witnessed both by neighbors and her landlord and my personal speculation here is that her self-esteem was really fucking low at this point there were comments made by people who interacted with her at this time and they were very much of the idea that she wouldn't interact with anybody in her real life and consistently wore super unflattering clothes didn't do her hair or makeup and unless it was for work she rarely left home and she was working at this time she was like an assistant so she was just looking nice in these photos that she had edited but in real life she wasn't actually putting any effort into her appearance at all she basically become a recluse yes basically she had almost completely shut herself away and that well okay but like so do we (laughs) yes you know what i mean Yes, but we're not actively scamming people. No, we're not scamming people, nor do we kill people, but we kind of do the same thing. We don't leave our house unless it's Target or work or Barnes and Noble. <laughs> we're very basic. It's we, we don't like to leave the house. Anyway, so around this time, she also discovered the Lonely Hearts websites which are also called Kankatsu. And this is where she would eventually come to get her name, the Kankatsu Killer. Anyway, it's unknown what exactly her true motives were for joining these dating sites, but if she was truly lonely, she was in the right place. But if it was for a more sinister reason, you know, like the scams that she had been running before, she excelled. She excelled at anything she really put her mind to. So that kind of leads me back to believe that she just kind of didn't want the academic life that she could have had at Tokyo University. She does well at everything she does. She had a history of scamming, shoplifting, and fraud. So in my opinion, it's very unlikely that loneliness was the sole motive there. It could have been part. People are complex. People have multiple motives. Not all of them are bad, but not all of them are good. People are complex. However, during the time she spent on this website, she would approach over 20 men. Her main tactic was to try to trick these men into sending her money by using a fake story. Her go-to story was that she desperately needed more money to finish her studies before she could get married. Once the money was in her possession, she would either block or ghost the men. There were some occasions where she would continue to use these men for money, but once she got however much she wanted at the time, she would ghost them or block them. I'm Maybe it's because it's the early days of dating websites, but I don't understand how she managed to make it this far without the website or something flagging her. 
or like word getting out about like I'm surprised that she I'm, I'm assuming these happened over like a couple of years so yeah, I'm just curious how she managed to make it that far without someone flagging her or something that's really weird another one of her tactics was to play a victim character or pretend that she needed saving from something and a lot of men fell for this as well like she would pretend so that she surprised. was she would pretend that she was in an abusive relationship or was living with an abusive family and needed the money to get away mm-hmm. and these men would fall for it and send the money hook line and sinker i mean yeah she would also grow out of these dating scams soon switching over to full-blown marriage scams she would fully marry people and take extreme amounts of money while stating that it would be for the wedding. At the very least, she successfully stole around $3.2 million or $32,000 over the years and attempted to scam I'm at sorry, least- I'm sorry, how much did she steal? $32,000 or 3.2 million yen. How did she steal less over the years from old men than she did from one classmate with her checkbook? That's a great question. I wish I knew. I did not process that information. Well, this is the second time also, I've heard this story, and I did not process that information until just now. Well, also, it wasn't just her spending the money when she stole the checkbook. It was also her predator boyfriend. I mean, I guess she stole it from, like, a rich she friend stole it from- versus, like... Let's be real. No billionaires are going onto uh, dating websites to look for random random women. She probably... No, they're too busy fucking the pool boy behind their wife's back. Moving oh. on. Yikes. It was also her and somebody else. You can't just say these things into the microphone. I just did. (laughs) Motherfucker. Eat the goddamn rich. I do not care. (laughs) I want to make my opinions as clear as possible so I don't have to deal with... Billionaires hoard wealth. If you're a billionaire and you're listening to this, give me the money. Give us the money, please. Give us the money and we'll donate it. We'll donate it to the proper resources. Because... You Y'all clearly don't know how. Anything with it. But this was also back in the early 2000s. She would attempt to scam 25,000 or 2.5 million yen more. These numbers would come from a few of her victims who would come forward after her arrest. But again, her as a singular person could only drum up these numbers because it's just her. She probably only asked for as much as she wanted at any given time. While stealing from a friend, it was also her and her predator boyfriend who was probably using so much more of that money. You probably also couldn't ask for that much money. These are probably poor men. I, I, I vaguely remember you mentioning this the first time I heard this, that it was probably men who weren't crazy wealthy. But also, if you asked for, like, too much money, they'd probably be like, this is a fucking scam and, like, close you out. So I imagine she probably had to, like, kind of slow mine money coming in. Yeah. So that brings us to a man named Kaizo Ando. Kaizo Ando was Kanae's first confirmed murder victim. She first met him in 2001, where she had applied to a position that he was hiring for as his personal caregiver. She would clean his house and prepare his meals about once a week for 200,000 yen or $2,000 a month. And he was in his 80s. And he was he was in his 80s when he died and in his 80s when he first met Kanae. He would eventually increase her pay to 300,000 yen or $3,000 and then finally up to 1 million yen or $10,000. A month? A month. 
Jesus Christ. This would allow Kanae to continue to run her scams over the next few years without worrying too much about her success rate. She would move into a very expensive apartment and buy a very expensive red Mercedes and, again, start culinary school, which is something that she kind of did want to do. So she did go back to school. Is She, she s- did. Is she still, like, farming money for men on the side while she's yeah. doing this? She was, but that's why she wasn't going as hard with it. And that's why she didn't care as much about her success rate, because she already had up to $10,000 a month flowing in. That is so much freaking money. Oh, my God. And keep in mind, she struggled to pay her rent and her bills on time. So she's with- taking the ten k and blowing it. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I mean, honestly, I don't know how. Uh, I do the Bath & Body Works Halloween collection. Oh, yeah, that's true. But honestly, that much money, I could pay off so much things. Eventually, as all old people tend to do, unfortunately, he got sick. Never mind. He, it's not clear with what he had. He just kind of got sick and he had to let Kanaya go. And this would be one of the main reasons because as of right now, she was only doing the dating scams right here. Mm-hmm. This would be one of the reasons why she would up it to the marriage level scams, where she'd be like, oh, yes, you can marry me, but I need you to send me exorbitant amounts of money so I can pay for the wedding. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Um, she still had a shit ton of loans to pay back, as well as a very, very expensive habits, the ones that followed her from high school. Is, okay? Is she still buying really expensive Fenty products? It's still. I love you, never change. Um, (laughs) In May of 2009, there were reports of a fire at Ando's residence. She committed arson? Once the fire was put out, let me finish, and authorities were able to search the house, they located Ando's body. An autopsy would reveal that he had traces of multiple different sleeping pills, sleeping pills that he did not have a prescription for. That'll get you. However, the cause of death was carbon monoxide poisoning caused by a charcoal burner found near his body. The thing is, this burner was far too heavy for Ando to carry in himself. There were no receipts for the burner or charcoal that was used to power it. There were no records of Ando renting a car because he did not own either a bike or a car. So there was no way for him to bring this thing inside himself. But it was ruled a suicide. However, I'm sorry, what? It was ruled a suicide, despite the fact that there's, like, no way for him to bring these things in himself. There's no records of him purchasing it, no records of him renting a car to do it, so the So the police looked at a case of a man who was too weak and too sick to have brought in the thing that killed him, had no record of this man purchasing the thing that killed him, and said, he did it to himself. Really? I, you know police. what? I should be surprised. Because I think, oh, police in Japan totally have it on lock. And then I remember it's still the police. Police in general have far too much power. And we see it. We understand just how big the power imbalance is here in America. So we're kind of focused on that more. Than but, yeah, but it is still um, the police force in general is a massive problem everywhere in the world. It's very infuriating because if they hadn't deemed this as a suicide, she might have just gotten caught then. Maybe. CCTV footage would show Kanai the morning of the death withdrawing 1.9 million yen, $19,000, from his account. The police would also find that the keys to his home 
Ando's home was missing as well as his personal computer. And finally, right before the fire, Kanaya had stolen these paint like paintings that Ando had and sold them for cash. Ando's father was an extremely well-known painter and had made these creations for his son. So was this all discovered way after the fact or was this found out like while they, the police were investigating his death that time section? This wasn't found out until you know a few months later because she would quickly pick up the pace in and terms of her. And they didn't just put her as guilty then? Did they not want to reopen the case or something? Because they had ruled it as a suicide, mental health and suicide in Japan are extremely taboo topics. Oh, so stigmatized that no one wanted to mention it again? Probably not. Mother that's my personal fucker. That's my personal speculation. I couldn't find any information as to why she wasn't grabbed then and there. But it might be a legal thing about once they've deemed something as that, they don't reopen it. Because I know that happens here, where when new information comes out, they reopen the case and look it over. But I don't know what the, the criminology department in Japan looks like. Yeah. So we're going to go back in time for a second to talk about Fukuyama-san, who was one of her alleged victims. He was a 70-year-old man who was a thrift store owner. And he died after unknown causes in 2007. After he sent uh, Sakura or Kanai 74 million yen or $74,000. There is not much that's known about this man and how he died or about his connection to Kanai, but he is his death is being currently looked at again in connection to Kanai to see if there's any way that she had a role in his death. Gotcha. So this is a victim that she had previously that they're just looking into again? They aren't sure if he really was one of her victims, but he's being like his death is being investigated to see if she could be tied to it. But there isn't like a concrete connection right now between the two? Not yet. Gotcha. We're going to move on to Takao Tarada, who was the second of Kanae's confirmed victims. He was 53 years old, and he had been engaged to Kanae at the time of his death on January 30th, 2009. However, his body would not be discovered until February 4th, when his boss came to check on him after he hadn't been heard from in a few days. And he was extremely reliable. Like, he never missed a day of work. He never called in sick, ever. But he missed several days of work. From the 30th of January to the 4th of February. And his boss found him. Which has to suck. That's terrible, but also why wasn't the police called? Why did he go look? I have no idea. Maybe it's just a difference in how like people handle situations. Maybe. But I feel like, I feel like you would call the police before you call like the... Like before you go look yourself. But I think that's different in the scope of today. Where it's like, if someone's not answering and you do go check on them and they are dead. Now your DNA is at the the crime scene before you realize that it's like a, a murder maybe similarly to ando his death was initially ruled a suicide after the police discovered that charcoal burners were found in every single one of his rooms with the doors and windows tightly closed and locked this is a very very popular way to commit suicide in japan it's also quite common in korea yeah so it is extremely common and I didn't realize that until I started looking into this. And I was like, why is this one so common here? And it's uh, that's like, such a weird oh. way. That's such a weird way to go. Maybe because it might be a religious thing or like a cultural thing, but it's not harming your body. It's I mean, it's harming your body because you're fucking dying of asphyxiation, but it's not like a like a physical damage to the to the body. So maybe 
it feels like it's not as uh like shame shameful shameful i don't know maybe that's the only thing i can think of because it's like an inhalation and not like like an over to like pills or something or it's like it paints a certain picture i don't know yeah that's fair the coroner ruled his cause of death as carbon monoxide poisoning with the added bonus of having 10 times the usual amount of sleeping pills in his system jesus christ that is a lot of sleeping pills i would also like to know what the standard amount of sleeping pills is because it's probably more than i take you don't take any oh exactly I meant, like, more than I, like, if I do take them, I meant, like, more than I, or less than I probably do, if I do take them. I rack that shit up, boy. Anyway, don't put that in. Anyway, the police contacted his fiance Sakura Yoshikawa, to inform her of his death. However, she informed the police that he was suicidal because apparently she had rejected his proposal. That son of a bitch. But the police would find out that 17 million yen, $17,000, was transferred to Kanae from <gasps> Takao's bank account. Witnesses, Sorry. Witnesses would also identify Kanae as being near the home on the day of the death. Bruh. How are you going to be right there with all the money and think you're not going to get caught? I do not <laughs> understand. She was also confirmed to have been staying at a hotel that was less than 100 meters, about 300 feet from where he lived. Jesus Christ. So now we will move on to the final victim and the whole reason why the previous men were fully connected. Takao mm-hmm. and Ando. So, Yoshiyuki Oide. Yoshiyuki was Kanai's final victim and the one that would be the reason why she was arrested and the truth about everybody would kind of be revealed. He was a 41-year-old office worker who met Tanae through a dating site. It was apparently going super well that they were going to be engaged. Just a side note for everyone, if you're on a dating site and things are going so well that you want to get engaged super fast, maybe don't. Just Just like a concept. Maybe. Maybe. Listen real close. Come here. Come here. Listen real close. Maybe don't. Just don't. Just don't do it. Cool. <laughs> That's all. That's all I wanted to say. That Thank was my you. interjection. Thank you so much for that. You're so welcome. On the night before he was murdered, he had spent the day with Kanae and even posted on the blog that he ran that he was extremely excited to marry Kanae and meet her family. They were also talking about moving in together and what their future held. How long were they together at this point? I could not find out. Bruh. But she was also scamming multiple men at the same time. I love that he had a blog. That's so... Well, do you remember the story at the beginning? <gasps> you motherfucker! Sorry. <laughs> and that is the sound of somebody who finally put the pieces together. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> I'm stupid. I love you. Never change. <laughs> The last thing mentioned in this blog post was that Yoshiyuki was planning on taking Kanae on a very expensive trip. Things would not come to pass for this romantic, which was extremely heartbreaking, all things considered. On Mm. August 6th, 2009, he was murdered in very much the same way as the previous men. 
However, Except this time there were 50,000 coal burners in his house. Jesus she went Christ. overboard this time. She keeps getting more. <laughs> the first mm. one had one. <laughs> and then the second one had one in every room, which knowing Japanese style houses mean he had like 10, right? <laughs> and then now she's got this third one. She's got to go all out. If we're talking exponential, like, growth-wise, there's a hundred fucking charcoal burners in this man's house. This man did not die of, like, carbon monoxide poisoning. He was roasted alive. Okay, let me, let me, let me finish. (laughs) His body was discovered in the back of a rental car instead of in his home. Oh, with a charcoal burner in the front seat. However, immediately, though compared to the other cases, something felt off about this to investigators. There was the charcoal burner in the back of the car, and his cause of death was carbon monoxide poisoning, but there were several things missing. The charcoal burner was never lit. She's slacking. I'm so sorry. This is where those jokes come in, and I'm so sorry about it. So what was the different? What was different? Things like a suicide note was missing. There was no charcoal residue on his hands or clothes. Fun fact, suicide notes are not that common. Yeah, that's fair. Like 20% of people who commit suicide give suicide notes. Anyway. Thank you. That's not a that's not a research statistic. Are you making that up? No, I heard it recently and I know it was low, but I don't remember what the exact number was, but they're not very common. I know it's below 50%. Okay, that's fair. Anyway, so there was no charcoal on his hands or his clothes. There were no gloves to explain the lack of the charcoal and his car keys were missing. There was also only one match in the car, which was not the one that was used to light the stove, and the matchbox was missing. However, much like the other victims, there was also sleeping pills in his system. Kanae was found and questioned. She claimed that she had talked to him, as seen by people that were around, and then left him alone for the rest of the day, and then he must have committed suicide after she had left. I have a question. Yes. How big is this woman that she is able to fully carry a deadweight grown man into the back of a car? Under the assumption that she dragged him into the car. I don't think that Unless she... she walked him to the car while he was still awake and then knocked him out in the backseat. Not knocked him out, but he knocked out in the backseat. I think that she just guided him there, personally. Gotcha. I don't think she, okay. like, dragged him. I think that he was drugged and she dragged... Not dragged him, uh, walked him out. Like, while well, he was still, like, kind of groggy. Yeah. And then he just kind of fell asleep. Police were also super suspicious of the fact that this man was super freaking excited to get married and how everything seemed to be going very well. And this man just suddenly killed himself, which is not to say that, side note, it's not to say that people who have so many things to look forward to and seem to be doing very well can't turn around and decide to end their own lives. Depression is a bitch and it can hide extremely well. For the purposes of this investigation, they just happen to be correct in that things seem to be going too well for him to decide to take his own life. Um, like the other monies, uh, like the other monies, like the other victims, sorry. <laughs> wow, that's a good slip up there, huh? <laughs> like the other money bags. I said monies. <laughs> monies like the other monies the other victims yeah like the other victims money had been transferred to kanaye this time i see i see i see where the disconnect in your brain and your mouth happened never mind yeah (laughs) you you skipped a word 
No, I was, I was going to say money's victim. <laughs> swapped two oh, words. Oh, so you swapped words. I swapped Got words. It. Yeah. Ah, dyslexia. This time, about 5 million yen, or about $5,000, had been transferred to Kanae. But additionally, his wife had let... His wife? God damn it. I promise you I can read. got this. Try again. But additionally... His wallet had less than $100, which is a lot less than what you would need <laughs> to take someone on a vacation. Especially a really nice one like he had been describing. <laughs> I'm laughing at what your slip-up would have done for the sentence. Oh my god, I thought you were laughing at the fact like, oh no, this rich man has less than $100 in his wallet. I also have less than $100 in my wallet, so don't kill me. Yeah, but that's like standard for us. We have we actively have less than $100 in either of our wallets at any given time. I found some pennies in my bag the other day. Oh, shiny. I was really excited about it. Kanaya Kajima was initially arrested in September of 2009 for Yoshiyuki's murder. However, by January 2010, Kanai had been charged for seven counts of fraud and the murders of Takao and Ando. As previously mentioned, Fukuyama's death is still in the process of being investigated as a possible fourth victim, but nothing is confirmed as of this writing. And recording. When the police searched her home, they found prescriptions from 10 different doctors, all for different sleeping pills, as well as a stash of these pills and medications that could cause drowsiness. Each medication was tested against what had been found in the three men's bodies, and all came back positive. I feel like no one was surprised when that happened. They were like, oh wow, this woman has been in connection with these murders. We found a bunch of sleeping pills. I wonder if the lab will say that they're all the ones that were used on the men, and the results came back as positive, and they went, wow, so shocking. Yeah. These medications were prescribed to Kanai for insomnia, and she would prepare it for herself and her victims by grinding it with a mortar and pestle so she could, you know, like stir it into her food and drinks. At the beginning of the trial in November of 2010, Kanai would plead not guilty to all counts, claiming that the three deaths were either accidental, Ando's, or suicides to cows and Yoshiyuki's. However, the prosecution was able to use circumstantial evidence as well as the tests and eyewitnesses to link Kanai to the crimes as the murderer. Their argument was that she was continuously stealing money from her victims, and to avoid getting caught, she would stage each man's death as a suicide. These main links were same cause of death, same brand of charcoal, and the fact that the same medications were found in each of the victims. On April 13th, 2012, Judge Kazuyuki Okuma found Kanai guilty and sentenced her to death, stating, quote, There is no room for leniency as the defendant committed the crimes for selfish purposes. She reiterated irrational excuses in court and did not show any remorse. Kanae would appeal her sentence in March 2014, and when it was upheld, she appealed once more in February 2017. However, in April 2017, the judge dismissed her appeal and her death sentence was upheld. It is likely that she had another victim. I wasn't sure where exactly to put this, but this is another victim potentially. Kanai's father drove off a cliff in 2005 and this would predate her victims by two to four years. For lack of a better phrase, that took a left turn. <laughs> oh my god. This man I'll is dead. Up. Yes, I'll please do. <laughs> she lived in a whole other city, a good 
ways from him at this time, but there was speculation that she did kill her father because there was charcoal found in the car at the time of the crash. What the fuck? This lady can't get away from charcoal. How did charcoal make him drive the car off the cliff? Not sure. What, like, knock him out with the charcoal and then just, like, make the car go forward? Anyway. Depends on how fast the car was going when it came off the cliff. Yeah. Officially, it's been ruled a suicide. I don't really trust that ruling anymore. You shouldn't. She is still being investigated for this crime as well as the one we mentioned earlier. What's going on with her right now? Let's find out. Wow. I'm so excited. She is about 49 years old and is still on death row. She writes daily. She's only 49 years old? Yeah. Oh my god. Sorry. (laughs) I don't know why I thought she was like 70 now. My concept of time is non-existent. Yeah, she's about 49 years old and still on death row. She writes daily and posts these journal entries in an online blog. And I would have loved to read some just to see what her justification was or if she's still proclaiming her innocence. But I haven't been able to get a translation for any of these entries because it's not typed up. They like take pictures of the entries and post them. Gotcha. She's also been married three separate times. In prison? In prison. God fucking damn it, lady. And her first husband, she got married to in 2015, but she divorced him after he got arrested. One more time. She got married in 2015 to her first husband uh-huh. and then divorced him after he got arrested. So he can get, <laughs> she can get arrested, but he can't? What do you get arrested for? It doesn't say. God fucking damn it. I couldn't find out. God damn it. The second husband, she got married to 100 days after the first divorce. She was on 90 Day Fiance, in her mind. Yeah, pretty much. They did get divorced, but not sure why. But some of the reasons were probably like, oh, you know, money issues. (laughs) That's a bad joke. The third husband, she got married to in 2018, and they're still together. He's the one that's updating her journal to the websites, and he publishes all her memoirs. Ew. That's all I gotta say. Ew. Yep, and that's my case. There um, hasn't been a whole lot of updates since then. She's still on death row. I There is something that I desperately need you to... I'm going to type her name into the chat, and I need you to look up a picture of this woman. She was not this sexy black widow that everybody kind of wants to like paint her as. She was extremely plain, and not, and that's not a bad thing, but everybody when they initially heard this case get like released almost they all pictured like this sleek sexy young woman who is luring rich old men to their deaths and she's very not that let's get a live live mythos reaction here to this i don't want to shame someone but she probably spent a lot of time editing those photos no, it's like she fully did. She, she would spend here's the thing. hours. Here's the thing. She's not unattractive. Like, if I saw her casually, I would think that she's, like, pretty. But knowing, like, what she's done, she's not, like, she's a little, I don't know. I really want to know what the edited photos of her look like in comparison. I have not been able to find those at all. So if you can... I will be very, very impressed. Do you want her online name? Yeah. 
because unfortunately, um, for my own mental health, I cannot hold these cases with me. I have to let them go as soon as I'm done researching them and sharing them with you. I feel like one of these photos that's come up is actually her edited photo, but like she does have like photos up that don't look like her normal photos. She is, I mean, she's pretty in them, but I, I don't know if they're edited to the point that she would want them to be edited to. I also don't know this lady in person, so I don't know. Yeah, but she used to spend what, Are you typing what her thing was? Oh, yeah. But she used to spend hours and hours editing her photos. Like, it was insane how much time she would spend with it. Damn. No, it's. I'm just getting a bunch of random freaking And that's kind of where we probably should leave it alone then. Because it's likely that they didn't release those edited photos. On purpose. Be- yeah. Because if you see these edited photos and you think, oh, that's how she really looks like, then the image that she portrayed will live on. And whenever it's very important to understand that even if she's putting on this mask, this mask isn't what was killing people. It was Mm -hmm. through her and through her actions. And unfortunately, even though this was something that was very harsh for her, she needs to face reality now. What was her name again? Which one? Um, I just looked up serial killer. There's another one. Um, Chisako Kakehi? I um, didn't do a whole lot of looking into her because I think they both have very similar motives and very similar... um, She's called the Black Widow Killer. Yeah. Um, I think she only had like... She's 74 years old. I think she only had like... One or two kills under her belt. Which she is killed more than- three people, including her own husband. Yeah, no. Um, but you also have to remember that Black Widow is a very, very common phrase. I forgot that she had the name based off of the website that she was on. Yeah, the Konkatsu. And Konkatsu is just the general name for like those type of websites. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this Black- is a very hard. I'm not getting a lot of information on her, like on Google and stuff. So this looks like a pretty un talked about case uh yeah everything that i found all of the um, resources i used were in japanese and i had to rely heavily unfortunately on google translate amazing and we all know how google translate is but i did try and that brings me to the end of my case incredible what are your thoughts what are your feelings well so this is the second time that i've heard this story so it doesn't It's still just as disturbing as it was the first time I heard it. It is very infuriating that she managed to get away with this for this long. Also, she was so young. Yeah. It was also weird that she was so... I mean, I guess it made it easy for her to get away with because she wasn't like an old, you know, frumpy 80-year-old woman doing this. But it is a little concerning. It's very sad, too, these men. And, you know, say whatever you want about the age gap of you know her victims and and herself but the the difference um is you know these men were just lonely and need and that's you know unfortunate that that's just kind of normal the older you get the lonelier you get and then she took advantage of these men it makes me really sad i i've I feel bad for any of the family members of these people especially if they had children or grandchildren that had to know that because I know that elderly people are kind of neglected in Japan as well 
I don't know if that's recent, but I know that is something that people have mentioned before is that elderly people too tend to be kind of lonely in Japan. It makes you really sad. So I, I can't imagine what they were dealing with on top of this. And then, you know, they get horribly murdered and, you know, I don't know. It's just very sad. It feels like a very lonely death. I don't like it. It's heartbreaking to think about how these men like really did trust Kanai. Like her first victim wasn't even a part of the scam itself. She just worked for him. And just because he had the misfortune of hiring her and then had to fire her because he got sick and just couldn't afford the upkeep of her wage that's probably why she killed him yeah it's a really i mean he couldn't do anything to control it or stop it or anything that's really it's really sad honestly i feel feel bad but look out for your elderly people everyone especially nowadays with technology and how the internet works now i mean old people are getting scammed out of everything all the time so check in on your grandmas and grandpas yeah, Checking and also, don't, like, I can't believe I have to, like, say this, but don't trust everybody you meet on the internet. Never Point trust anyone you meet on the internet. Don't trust us. <laughs> I'm funny. <laughs> anyway, I'm so sorry for, like, the heavy breathing into the microphone as I was trying not to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> anyway no because like whenever i was growing up it was drilled hardcore into me like don't trust anybody don't give out like don't even say anything about yourself to strangers on the internet and i look around and i see so many people broadcasting posting the front of their house online like the amount of people that i've seen docs from that too is insane yeah people get docs so easily you can get docs from just the most basic of shit that you think will not matter and it's just it's crazy and please general rule of thumb please don't post your children online you never know who's looking at that shit ever like i get it cute baby videos are adorable and i love them you never know who's looking and it's ridiculous sometimes anyway we're back after welcome back I know you guys didn't hear, huh? I said after a quick bathroom and food break. Yeah, I know you guys didn't hear a break, but we did take a couple seconds, heated up some food. Um, Now we're back at it, and now it is my turn. So I went into a lot of detail here, and I'm not going to go too far in depth on the detail of some stuff that I just didn't like. But I will have these notes available on our Patreon whenever we decide to get that thing going. If you want all of the extra details that maybe didn't make it into the episode, then you can uh, go there. So, today, Psychos, do you remember what my story is about? I think I remember it being about the Seshoseki. But yes. I remember it being so violently, like, all over the place. Yes. Not because of you, just because of the history of everything. Mm-hmm. That I don't remember any, hardly anything, so. so no recollection. I have ADHD. No memory, <laughs> man. No memory. Yes, so today I am talking about the Seshoseki, or the Killing Stone. This was spurred on by a few years ago, there was the all the TikToks that were going around about Seshoseki had split, and I that kind of... Those. 
Mm-hmm. Kind of spurred like, I, my research into this. Yeah, I remember everybody being like, put it back together, put it back together. Or like this random demon goddess is about to come kill Donald Trump for mm-hmm. us. Or like something like like along those lines. And I'm, I remember thinking, what the hell does a Japanese goddess want anything to do with Donald Trump? Like, why would that matter to her? Yeah. And given the research that I've done into this, it really does just show how culturally deaf a lot of people were at the time um, and not willing to do their research uh, from what I've seen. Now, I did see a lot of people who are Japanese. This is their culture. They know about this, who were talking on TikTok and being like, you guys sound like idiots. But those voices were kind of pushed to the side by people, predominantly white people who were. are we surprised? No. But people like that who were just really heavily ignoring that and deciding to instead go with this Japanese, for lack of a better term, exotic mysticism that is just absolutely plaguing any other culture of this idea that other cultures have these all-powerful gods that are to be feared and they're going to put curses on you and they're dangerous and whatever. And it it just feels very xenophobic in a way. It doesn't feel xenophobic. It is xenophobic. It's fully racism. And white people on tiktok especially like witch talk as it were is just a plague upon anybody getting into spirituality like there are some good information out there that's occasionally makes its way onto tiktok but overall i don't trust a damn thing hardly anybody says anymore So I'm just going to go ahead and let everyone know the rough time frame of when this is going to be. So as was said earlier in Psychos' story, we are in Japan. That is the consistency. And again, I think we nailed it pretty well as far as similarities because this is actually shockingly similar to my story in Psychos' story. So this story I originally started looking into because the Seshoseki or the Killing Stone is located in Japan. But I actually discovered further on in my research that the myth itself actually covers majoritively Chinese history. And then it jumps over into India for a little bit, jumps back into uh, China and then goes to Japan. So we are covering a very wide range of stories here. So we're covering multiple dynasties, which again, all of the dynasties will be listed out in my notes on Patreon. But the dynasty's earliest reaching is, I don't know how true this is. I don't know if I added too many zeros, uh, 21,000 BC. And then I don't think that's right, but sure. It's also really, really old. So could be all the way yeah. up to. Yes. I was about to make a yo mama joke and I. How did you, how, <laughs> how were you going so... to make a yo mama joke? Your mama's so old. She older than the. I'm really bad at jokes, guys. You're so bad at jokes, it hurts. It's fine. Anyway, continue. So, 21,000 BC. I could have just put an extra zero in there, because then it could just be 2100 BC. But I, I don't know. And then the earliest, at least, dynasty I think that we are covering is the Ming Dynasty, which ended in 1644. Again, not 100% certain on this. I might have just written the general dates because I do also have the Japanese periods listed out and then extra storyline stuff. So my notes are going to follow the same pattern just for anyone who's curious. I'm going to be talking about the setting and the history of the country at the time. And then I will jump into the information about whatever the creature or mystery entity is. 
And then I'll typically jump into modern day culture. So you cover the gamut while I cover a tiny portion. Yep. And this heavy, heavy book we call history. Did you just make a puppet history reference in front of my microphone? Yes, I did. On the podcast. If you couldn't tell, we do very much so like The Watcher and anything they've done. Yeah, at The we... Watcher if you, in the future. If we ever get really famous and you want to do a collab, please. please. Also, congratulations, Shane, who just got married this weekend. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that is this weekend. And I guess congratulations to Ryan, who didn't get married this weekend, but has recently-ish gotten God. married. Yeah. Congratulations to Your Shane. wives are absolutely gorgeous. They are. And I lovingly. I'm going to steal your wives. Um, Shane and Ryan are just two dudes. And I don't know how they managed to pull two of the most beautiful women out there. Yep. Facts. I, I think it's love, by being funny. I would love a, a Watcher spinoff series where it's the wives going ghost hunting. Will that ever happen? No. Would I watch every single second of it and love Absolutely. it more than anything else The Watcher has done? Probably. Absolutely. So I didn't do a lot of research into the history of Japan at this time. I will be jumping back and forth into Japan. I'm not going to be so focused on Japan. If there's any place that I would be so focused on more than anything, it is China. I love Chinese culture so much. So we are basically just going to be roughly going over the timeline here. So just a heads up for anyone who doesn't know how dynasties work in China, because I also didn't know how dynasties worked in China. The dynasties are broken up by the families that ruled at the time. They're also an indicator of when things were made. So if you were talking about different types of porcelain, you would have the Han porcelain would be different than Ming porcelain. It's an indicator of what rough timeline that porcelain was made from. So if you ever see those indicators in the future of, oh, it's this dynasty name, this item, it's dating it, basically. Okay, so it's... Kind of like, like how we have, like, it's Victorian clothing, it's Edwardian clothing. Uh, it's, it's that kind of energy. Sorry, I'm breathing a lot into the microphone. My lungs are not used to this much talking. The periods as far as Japanese culture, I could not find or did not look into a rough idea. I think it's based off of similarly what emperor was ruling at the time. It seems that a lot of them were also bookended by major battles or the changing of how the government system worked. So, which makes sense. So, also just another rough idea. This story itself starts in 1076 BC and it ends in 2022 AD. So, it's 1076 BC and then up to 2022 CE or BCE and CE. So the origins of the Seshoseki are actually going to take us to study a creature known as the Kitsune. Now, because this story centers around a stone that was in Japan and the majority of the history about this specific stone, actually all of the history about this specific stone centers in Japan, I'm going to be covering the Japanese version of this creature. But I will get later on into the fact that there is a Chinese and actually a Korean variation of this mythological thing as well. Will you eventually go on to do each of those as their own episode one day? Probably not. I do mention them in here because they are almost the exact same. But going into the history of those creatures would basically just be a recounting of this exact story as well. Okay. The creature we are going to be talking about is the kitsune you probably heard of it before there's variations of it it's it's the nine-tailed fox is basically what it is the nine-tailed fox is a version of a kitsune but a kitsune is the fox spirit itself the entity that we are going to be talking about is the kitsune a little bit of information on the kitsune the kitsune are foxes that possess 
paranormal abilities that increase as they get older. I do not have confirmation if all animals can do this. If they can, I have questions about certain animals and if they can do this. That's just Which me. animals in, in particular? Frogs. Why frogs? Because I want to know what part of their body would multiply the older they get. The legs. <laughs> no, 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 no. frog the with eyes. nine legs. It's a frog the with nine eye. legs. It's a spider frog. No, I meant the eye. The eyes multiply. That's terrifying. Have you never seen the Simpsons movie? Yes, and that's why I'm not wanting to talk about a frog with multiple eyes. Disgusting. That, that's exactly why I brought it up. Anyway, I'm so happy that you did that just to spite me. So, specifically in the Japanese kitsune culture, all foxes have the ability to shapeshift into human form, but they are said to receive this form once they turn 100 or 50, depending on the area that they're in. So imagine you're from two separate areas, like you're the same spirit from two separate areas, and one of you is able to do it half as early as the other one can, and you just like show up like, oh, look at my form, and the other form, the other fox spirit it's is like, like, motherfucker, I got stumped <laughs> for another like, 50 years. Like, what do you mean I gotta wait twice as long for this bullshit? This is also under the assumption that the fox is not killed ahead of time. Yeah, that's fair. It basically implies that all, like, yeah, all foxes have the ability to become a human, but they don't receive it until they're 100 or 50 years old. So if the fox lives to be 50 or 100, I don't know what the lifespan of a normal fox, by the way, is. I didn't look that up. Up to 11 years. Okay, Damn. so you got to live at least. I guess you could say it's a foxy fox. <laughs> oh my God. I'm so funny. It hurts. <laughs> You're so something, it hurts. Oh, okay, fine. Anyway. <laughs> so, true ally here, their form can change every single time, regardless of gender, and they can even mimic other humans. Not other humans. They can mimic humans. So they can clone themselves, basically, to look like other humans. Humans. Kitsune are closely associated with and are said to be messages of Inari, a Shinto kami, which is uh, like a god of some sort, who is the patron of rice, agriculture, foxes tea and sake they are considered sacred because they are natural enemies of foxes that mess with rice production so it sounds like because the kitsune or foxes in general are probably seen around these agricultural areas they're associated with the god who looks over them so therefore kitsune have also been kind of roped into this because all foxes can become kitsunes beside behind every kitsune is a little baby fox okay so question real quick answer you said that they are good foxes and bad foxes like the good like the kitsune protect the there rice yet, field but yes i haven't gone there yet but yes that's true no, you're remembering you things from last time no you just said it what you just said that the kitsune guard the rice fields against the bad foxes who go after the rice i said they're natural enemies of rats that mess oh. with rice production rats as you've probably seen if you have ever witnessed a fox before they only got one tail hopefully kitsune however they gain a tail every 100 years that they are alive maxing out at nine tails once they max out at the nine tails they turn either a white or golden and become something called tenko and they ascend to the heavens so basically they become heavenly foxes the more tails they have the wiser older and more powerful they are believed to be in most stories odd number tails are more common I don't know why they never show even tails. I don't know if even numbers are bad numbers, but I guess maybe every hundred years they go into hibernation and they decide that no one wants to see their even tails. 
Well, if you're going to be alive for hundreds and hundreds of years, you might I believe well you'd dip from society and wait for the next iPhone to come out and then pop out. <laughs> yeah, like go take a nap for a hundred years and then come back. Yeah, it's safer that way. Kitsune or people who are possessed by them, because I guess they can also possess people now. They are seen with a hoshi or uh, spirit balls. And the kitsune either hold them in their mouth or on their tail okay, uh, when so they're in their fox form. Question. Answer. Can you exercise the kitsune out of somebody if they are being we will possessed? Get to that. We will get to that. Okay. We will get I to we will get to kitsune possessions and exorcisms. Okay, because I have a mental image of... Unlike the book I'm reading where they had to exercise a puppet. I'm still mad about this. Grady Hendrix, if you're listening to this, <laughs> I have words for you, by the way. I'm so pissed off at you right now that you made me scared of the exorcism of a goddamn puppet. That's not the point. No, because I just have a mental image of like the Catholic priests <laughs> trying to exercise a woman. <laughs> but like obviously it's not working because it's not a demon it's like a whole other thing you know, it's like the power of christ compels you and the does it command me does it really it's not yeah, that compelling yeah like the kitchen is just like mouthing <laughs> off because it's a completely different like mythology and like i do not everything. believe that the catholic church is uh clear to exercise kitsune damn i, know. I just think it'd be really really fucking funny it would be hilarious too <laughs> We need a comedy show where someone is possessed and the Catholic Church thinks that it's a demon and it's actually just a kitsune. That would be the so that'd be a if great anybody com- out a horror there comedy. Is possessed by a kitsune. <laughs> Ideally, you're not possessed by a kitsune, but we will get into that later. Okay. Anyway, I casting we'll, call. We'll, we'll get to we'll de- we'll get to kitsune possessions later because it is a it's a it's a trip it's a train wreck but it's a trip to the train wreck you're on the train. <laughs> You're in the wreck. Can, can I get off the train? No. Damn it. We've locked the doors. Alrighty. They either hold the power of the kitsune or the soul of the kitsune, and it's believed that they will die if it is taken away from them for too long. And this is the golden balls, right? The hoshi. Yes. Okay, the hoshi. If Got you it. gain... It's called a pearl. Maybe I'm stupid. If you gain the hoshi from a kitsune, you can ask for a favor in the future from the kitsune. So it's kind of like rubbing the lamp from a genie, but the kitsune can leave. And then okay, I cool. you just, it's an IOU, man. Um, I owe you one wish. They are seen as witch animals. Mostly they started being seen as witch animals in the Edo period, which was from 1603 to 1867. So it's very recent. We will get into why in a minute. Not in a minute, but soon. They are believed to be supernatural beings that can signal good or bad omens. This does show up later as well. They are sacred to Japanese people because they are natural enemies of rats, again, that mess with the harvest. There are small temples to fox spirits pretty much everywhere, and we get into it later. There's a whole cult and everything. There are two main types of kitsune. There's the zenko, which are good foxes, and they're called inari foxes in English. Inari being that, that deity over the rice and all that. What? You look confused. I had a question and then I lost it. <laughs> no, that like, like, I just... Cult. Fox cult. Fox cult. Tell me about the fox cult. I will if you let me get through this first. I talk about it later, I promise. I know you're super excited. But we have to use our listening ears right now. Uh, uh, <laughs> Wait a damn minute. I didn't get on you whenever you were making comments and asking questions during my segment. 
the Zenka were good foxes and are called Inari foxes in English. And Yako, field foxes that are mischievous and malicious are considered the evil ones. Roughly evil. Locals in different areas will have different versions of these kitsunes as well with different names and different personalities. The original legend that centers around the Killing Stone is the legend of Tamamo no Me and the Killing Stone. I might have said that wrong. This legend first appeared in the Muromachi period, which is 1336 to 1573, as companion tales to picture books and picture scrolls. The legend of the kitsune appeared in the Edo period, which is that period a little bit after this one. The So specifically, we're talking about Tomama no Me. So we are now specifically focused on one specific kitsune. Okay. Don't, don't let me lose you. I'm going to lose so you. So we're only talking about one kitsune now. We're not yes, this talking is the... about like the general. We're just talking about one. Yes. You got it? Just this one. Tamamo no me. Tamamo no me. T-A-M-A-M-O. No me. No me. No me? No. It means duck weed woman. But we'll get there. Okay. So just this one kitsune only kitsune we're talking about from now on. i have now come to the realization that you are pulling my leg <laughs> <laughs> i really thought you weren't getting it up to this exact point and now i realize that you're being an asshole <laughs> are you done can i move on yeah you can move on now i'm sorry i was so convinced on trying to make sure that you specifically got it that i didn't even think about the fact that you're an asshole (laughs) this will come up again later this will definitely come up again later (laughs) it just shows that i care about you so much that i'm willing to be so patient with you (laughs) to let you figure it out on your own i was in full sincerity until you asked me a fifth time (laughs) (laughs) okay to be fair initially i was like okay so just to clarify this is just the only one we're talking about and then you kept kind of that and then like then it devolved (laughs) and i had to commit to the bit i'm sorry (laughs) you went in with full sincerity you're the one that fucked it up (laughs) (laughs) this is going to be marked as a true crime (laughs) history comedy this is the comedy right here this is it we found it okay the first appearance of this specific kitsune i'm looking at you right in the eyes right now look at me look at me in the eyes look at me in the eyes this specific kitsune (laughs) appeared in china first i have discovered in a lot of my research that i've done because i have actually jumped around and looked at a bunch of different things a lot of stories come from china and move to japan a lot of japanese stories originate or at least have some origins in china so this specific kitsune first appeared in china and it possessed a woman named daji i am so sorry for my mandarin pronunciations daji su daji or just daji was from a noble family yusu or yosu y-o-u-s-u she was born somewhere around 1076 bce so the first time we recorded this I wanted to redo my pronunciations of this man's name. I found out that you pronounce his name Joe. So it's King Joe, which isn't funny. (laughs) (laughs) Psychos just held up a little. It's a little funny. (laughs) So King. So I think the way that this works is the noble family kind of like not owned, but like 
kind of ran this one town. Not a clan, but eh. King Zhou of Sheng, which means that's the dynasty that he was in, he invaded Yuso. I'm just going to pronounce it Yuso. And took Daji, making her his concubine, and he became obsessed with her. He began to neglect his duties as a king just to be around her. Literally skipped work to hang out with his bitch. Me too. Actually Um, me with you. (laughs) I mean, we do that all the time. So he really did just skip out. Yeah. I'll get into it. He even built her elaborate things like a zoological garden with rare species of animals just to vibe in imagine having that much fucking money okay so why don't you love me this much because neither of us like being outside the fuck that's fair okay continue it is said that he ordered three thousand guests to play cat and mouse naked and when one concubine refused he had her executed Yo, yo 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 what the fuck and i think the form of execution at the time was decapitation imagine saying no to playing this cat and mouse game for your like uh like for this other like this king's other side piece and then being executed because you said no basically it is said that dodgy loved torture and she was said to even laugh at executions she invented the bronze toaster do you remember this thing no the bronze toaster and again this is all just roughly what i could find online the bronze toaster was a cylinder about 20 feet tall with oil on top. Victims were made to walk on it completely naked as it was heated from a fire below. If they slipped from the oil, they would fall into the charcoal below and burn to death. She invented this. Yes. What the hell? I mean, good for her, but fuck, dude. I know. She just consistently likes to be an asshole. She cut off a farmer's feet. To understand how he was unbothered by the cold temperatures after seeing him walk on ice. She he was also- probably unbothered because, like, he's been doing it his entire goddamn life. Trigger warning real fast to any pregnant women. You might want to mute the next, like, 10 to 15 seconds. She also cut a pregnant woman's belly open to see what was happening inside. I don't think I'm hungry anymore. <laughs> you don't want the tortellini anymore? I don't think I want the tortellini anymore. (laughs) (laughs) She cut King Joe's uncle's heart out to see if the ancient saying, a good man's heart has seven apertures, was true or not. That's the end of the torture, at least on her part. Okay, so here's the thing. Mm -hmm. Imagine if, like, you had this this uncle who was, like, the best dude ever. And I walked up to him and go, so I heard you were a good man. And he's like, I wouldn't think so, but apparently a lot of other people do. And you just reach in and rip his heart out. Yeah, I just like fucking fatality his ass just to see if it's ac- uh, some myth is accurate. Like, what the hell? Yeah, she wasn't a good person. That's a running theme here. Jiang Tsiu, Tsiu was a nobleman who faithfully served the Shang court for about 20 years until he grew tired of the king. We're sidestepping for a second. He was an expert in military affairs and hoped to one day help someone overthrow the king. He disappeared and then resurfaced again at the age of 72 when he was called upon by King Wen of Cao. I don't want to say that with the wrong tongue because I think I just said a curse word. Z-H-O-U. Oh, wait. King Wen of Zhou. That's Zhou. <laughs> I think the sound I made was the T-S sound, or S-E sound, to help overthrow the king. When he was given the title, he was then given the title Jiang Taigong Wang, 
King Wen died and his son King Wu took over, wanting to send troops to overthrow the king of Shang. So King Zhou, I believe. So we're in the same dynasty period. That's where the Zhou keeps coming from. But this is King Wen. I don't know if he's the overall king or if he's just like a king in the area. King Wu, W-U, waited until the people of this king became restless and then attacked. When King Zhou, King Zhou then set fire to his own palace and died in the fire. So the king that took on the concubine and was making all this extravagant stuff, he was invaded by another king who wanted to take him down. The Jung Taigong Wang, he helped take this guy down. Do you see what's going on here? Okay. And so to prevent himself or whatever he had from being taken, he set his own palace on fire. King Joe did. The the asshole who, who dated Daji set his own place on fire Holy and died in the shit. fire. Love the okay. drama. <laughs> let's go bahamut what i know daji was then executed on the orders of king Wu of Zhou after the fall of the shang dynasty sometime after 1046 bce in some versions she took her own life she was either killed by king Zhou or executed by the order of jiang taigong himself later on she was believed to be the reincarnation of the nine-tailed fox she is considered to be an example of, you say this differently than I do. I say femme fatale. It's femme fatale, fatal, femme fatale, whatever the fuck. Femme fatale. Yeah, I say femme fatale and how it can cause the downfall of a dynasty. This lady goes on to topple three dynasties, I think, by the way. Also, it's considered that Daji was the origin of foot binding or at least had a hand in it. You know what foot binding is, right? Unfortunately, yeah. I'm really sorry for anyone who doesn't because I'm about to explain it. Foot binding is when women wanted their feet to appear small and petite. So they would forcibly break them and then they would basically take the front half of the foot and kind of wrap it around itself and bind it. So basically cut the foot size in half. It is now illegal. Um, I think there's still someone who exists with foot binding like actively, but she was probably one of the last people that got foot binding done. It was considered like a beauty trend, but the foot binding foot resembles uh, a fox's paw. That's kind of where that comes into play here. Okay, but also like if you did foot biting, you could not walk. It was essentially like rippling to you like you couldn't do anything yes which means it might have been more common amongst higher status women who didn't have to work in the chinese novel feng shen yan yi i'm totally saying that wrong so sorry about it it said that she was summoned by a god to destroy king Zhou after he offended her he made lu comments about the goddess and so she sent down three spirits to torment him the kitsune possessed the body of daji killing her and taking her place in the body she was given to King Zhou of Shang as a peace offering after conflict broke out between her family and the Shang military. On her R. way to the capital, that's, yeah. Like, imagine you're just living your life, and then because this dude pissed off a goddess, you got straight sent straight to the Shadow Realm. Like, you don't, <laughs> like, yeah, you basically. don't get to live your life anymore. You, nah, man. You're dead, essentially. And then you Sacrifice get to for the greater good. Man. And then you get to watch good, your body dude. get like puppeteered by the kitsune to do some of the most horrible thing. I mean, fair enough. So she was given to King Joe of Shang as a peace offering after conflict broke out. 
on her way to the capital, that's when she was possessed. After the fall of the Shang Dynasty, it is said that she was exorcised by Jiang Taigong and eventually died. However, this story was published somewhere between 1567 and 1619, so it's unclear if this is true or not. A lot of stories about this time actually came out closer to now than then, so we're not 100% certain on this. She was largely unrecorded in history. And passages about her were written centuries after the end of the Shang Dynasty. So there's actually not much historical records of her existing during this time. Now we're jumping over to India. Oh, shit. <laughs> we're moving. We're on the move. We're moving. Because remember, she died. She's uh, died in China at this point. She was executed. Or the spirit was exercised out of Daji. So Daji died, but not the Kitsune spirit. Because we're still just following this one specific kitsune. Yes. Yes. So and Daji herself has died. Either the soul left the body when Daji was killed by execution, or the kitsune was actually exercised out of Daji. But the kitsune's name is not Daji. It's just the kitsune at this point. It hasn't taken on its current final form. Okay. So we've, so got, we've got three other generations of kitsunes to get through before this. So bitch is like, Okay, that didn't work out as well as I hope. I'm going to go hide it out in India for a bit. Yeah. And just a heads up, this kitsune already has nine tails. And nine tails are actually considered extremely rare, despite the fact that nine-tailed foxes are the more common ones that you will see in most pop culture references. Getting actually two nine tails is extremely rare. Um, in fact, this might be the only nine-tailed fox that has actually ever existed because of how powerful of a spirit it would be. So, like, all of those things we see in, like, different fandoms about, like, how different Naruto. characters. Naruto. Naruto. You went League of Legends. Naruto. You went League of Legends. I went Naruto. No. I, my brain. League of Legends. Ari is there. But my brain also went to, like, the different, like, fandom AUs specifically. Wait, Wishen. I hate yeah. you. Listen, we're triangulating ourselves way too much here. I mean, but there's also like this is I gonna feel be like there's really like weird, kitsune but... versions of a lot of things. Yeah, so like there's different characters. Realistically, none of these characters would have made it that far. No, no, not not a chance in hell. Actually, they might all be too young to even be considered kitsunes with a human form at that point. So anyway, we're gonna go to India and we're gonna talk about Lady. Kayo or Kao. This does not have a set time period, but after the fall of the Shang Dynasty in 1046, it said that the specific Kitsune spirit fled over to ancient India, and she became a concubine for either the king at the time or the crown prince, Bonzuko. I have the king's name typed in here. I'm not going to offend any person by trying to pronounce it, so we're just going to let it be. I'm so sorry for the sentence that I'm about to read. She manipulated either one whichever one she was with to cut off the heads of thousands of men eat babies kill priests and other things it's believed that the king turned away from her and began to turn to buddhism so she fled back to china this is not the first time that her plans will be foiled by buddhism Baozi, let's go b-a-o bao s-i i'm assuming it's c or s it's probably bao si. so S.I. So is her family name. Her actual personal, not her courtesy name, but her like birth name. Her, it's not known. This is the one you probably rem you'll, you'll remember at the moment that I tell you what it is. So during the last two years of the Shia dynasty, X.I.A. Again, so sorry about this. Two dragons entered the palace of, I'm assuming the king at the time. I fucking remember this. 
when God. they left, the king ordered their saliva that they left behind because they were really drooly dragons. He ordered it to be placed inside of a wooden box. I do not know why the dragons entered. I do not know why they drooled everywhere. To me, that's a little rude. And then they, they dipped. They left. They drooled and they dipped. The alternate version of the story, which I'll get to in a second, is worse somehow. You don't realize <laughs> just how weird it is until you say it out loud. Yep. And I am being violently reminded and I violently hate it. Ah. He ordered the saliva to be placed in a wooden box. King Lee of Joe, we're back to Joe, tried to open the box despite it being taboo as it had been sealed for over a thousand years. This is where the information divides in the storyline. There's like three different versions as to what happened here. Either the saliva spilled out and turned into black lizards, or it wasn't saliva, it was actually semen, which then implies that the dragons entered the palace, jizzed, and left. (laughs) The way that you just made it through the sentence without breaking, and then the second the word left left your mouth, you were like gone it was (laughs) Uh, it's true anyway so two alternate versions saliva spilled onto the floor and they turned into black lizards or semen what says sperm but sperm flew out of the box and covered the floor i (laughs) how much sperm has to be in a box Okay, well, to cover the entire floor. Let me get to the next sentence. The king ordered the palace girls to take off their clothes. (laughs) Don't do this to me, please. I forgot the rest of the sentence. I was like, oh, yeah. And then he told them to clean it up. He did not. (laughs) Don't don't do this to me. I hope my research was wrong. There's no way this is the truth. (laughs) With those plates. With those plates. My prayers will go unanswered, but at this point, <laughs> the king ordered the palace girls to take off their clothes and shout at the liquid until it transformed into a turtle that crept into the women's apartments, met a 17-year-old girl of the court, and impregnated her. Seven. Seven-year-old girl. Seven. No. No. <laughs> no. Here's what we're not going to do, guys. Like... Come here, come come here, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. No, no, no. Like, I respect (laughs) that this is somebody, like, somebody definitely heard the story growing up, and it was like, yes, this is totally legitimate. But me, growing up as I did, my only reaction is a very... You had sex with a turtle. Sorry. (laughs) I'm gonna mute. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. Mute yourself. My first reaction is to be like, absolutely not. Growing up the way I did, I'm like, eh? I'm like, respectfully, there are some kids who grew up and this is the stories they were told. And I'm just like, we got we to gotta keep going. Okay. Um, I am going to say one thing, though, and then we're not going to talk about it. I'm going to move on. Do you remember that video of the turtle with the croc? Anyway. No. That's <laughs> 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 so worse. That's worse somehow. During the reign of King... Schwan? Schwan. X-U-A-N. A minimum of 14 years after the end of King Lee's last year ruling, the girl gave birth. She's in her like early 20s now. She was uh, picked up she by... She was pregnant since she was seven? 
And in her early 20s, she finally gave birth. Her baby is magic. Don't question it. Okay, in the ABO universe, pregnancies last half the amount of time, and no one blinks an eye at that one. But you're blinking an eye at a seventeen or seven year old girl giving birth fourteen years later. <laughs> this isn't about ABO. This maybe it about... took maybe it took thirteen years for the semen to make its way. I don't know, man. I'm not a, a Chinese doctor. I'm not even a doctor, nor am I Chinese. <laughs> I'm the opposite of a Chinese doctor. Okay, continue. She was <laughs> she was picked up by traders. Who the king was warned about. Tra- not traitors. Like, you're a traitor. Traitors isn't like merchant traitors. <laughs> she was picked up by traitors who the king was warned about. So the couple fled to the state of Bao. The lord of Bao was charged guilty. Not sure of what. And he offered Bao Su to King Li to have for himself. Yay, concubine. In 779 B.C., she entered the palace and later gave birth to a son, Bofu, B-O-F-U. Soon after, the king at the time, King Li, removed the queen and the crown prince at the time and made Bao his queen and made the son of her son the crown prince. So he basically divorced, his, not divorced, but he kicked his wife and his, his biological son out of the house and made his concubine and the son that she had the new crown prince and queen. Roughly, so all I'm hearing is that she's a homewrecker sh- twice. Yeah, no, men ain't shit and need to learn how to leave women alone. I mean, to be fair, I think this is the whole point is that the I don't think she wanted this. I don't think anybody wants this. It gets better. Well, it gets worse. Um. Okay. It's said that Bao. I'm just gonna call her Bao. I know that's technically her family name, and her name is probably Sub. I'm just gonna call her Bao. It said that she never smiled, so the king tried many things to make her smile or laugh. Eventually, they settled on lighting the beacons to alert nobles nearby that they were under attack. The armies came, and she eventually laughed at how stupid either the kings were for doing this, the king was for doing this, or laughing at the nobles for arriving. He did this so many times that the nobles no longer came to help. Do you see where this is going? Eventually, they were attacked by either barbarians, unclear who the barbarians were, or an army that the queen's father, the original queen's father, had put together. But when he lit the beacons, no one came to help. R.I.P.P., man, but you kind of brought that on yourself. You had it coming. The king was killed, and the new crown prince were killed, and Bao was kidnapped. Either she was killed after this, she committed suicide, or she was sold into slavery. It's believed that she died somewhere around 771 BCE. After the death of the imposter crown prince, we'll call him, after he died, the original crown prince was put back into place. He was called King Ping, and he was placed under the throne. Many scholars say that Bao is nothing like Daji. Despite being partly involved, she did not directly cause a lot of the stuff that happened with the king. This story is an iconic love story, actually. And it is also a cautionary tale of how one beauty can topple a nation, another Femme Fatale situation. One main plot hole in this story, though, is that the warning sign beacon things that they were lighting did not exist until the Han Dynasty, which started in 202 BC, around the time that the Great Wall was being created they created those for that so it might have been a local form of a beacon but specifically the beacons they're talking about weren't created until like 600 years later 
Mm-hmm. But how the hell is this supposed to be a love story? Question mark. Question mark. Question mark. I think the love story is between Bao and the king. I'm not 100% certain on it. There's probably a story, ver- like there's an actual story of them. I just couldn't didn't look for it. Couldn't find it. But now we are on to Tamama no Me. And this is the main. This is where the Seshoseki comes from. Okay, so yes. we are we are pretty in... caught up to where we should probably be. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, cool. So, Tamama no Mei in Japanese means lady duckweed. I could not find a reason why. She is considered to be one of the three terrible yokai of Japan. I do intend on doing a story about the other two terrible yokai of Japan. I'll probably do them together because one of them looks like not as detailed as the other one, but they all existed right here on the same period, and it was just like a bad time in Japanese history. She lived during the Hyun period, H-E-I-A-N period. And if I scroll back up on my notes, that is 794 to 1185 BCE or CE. Sorry. After fleeing China for the second time, she appeared again in the 700s as a 16-year-old girl named Wakamo. She, uh, this, I, I was unclear about the what the fuck happened here, but she tricked the leaders of the 10th Japanese envoy to the Tang dynasty. She joined their crew and took a ship to Japan. So this is how she made it over to Japan. She disappeared again for another 300 years and appeared for the final time as a baby in 1090 or the 1090s. She appeared on the side of the road and was adopted by a young couple given the name Mikazume. She was made a servant of the Imperial Majesty at seven. So she was a, a palace girl. During a recital. Question, question, question. Yes, answer. Servant. So she mm-hmm. was a palace girl or was she a palace girl? She was a palace girl. Okay, so yeah. she wasn't a concubine. No. Like she had been the past several times. At least from what I've seen, no. Okay. During a recital on her 18th birthday, this is a fucking whirlwind of sentences. During a recital on her 18th birthday, a storm came in and all of the candles in the room were blown out. In the darkness, a light shone out from her body and illuminated the room. The people believed that she was holy in a past life and was given the name Tamama no Me. So she pulled a Rapunzel from Disney and was. But on the inside. Instead of singing and her hair glowing, she just is a walking flashlight. uh, Basically, I was gonna say a glow stick, but you don't have to crack right before you. What um, is it? What is it? What is it? The glow bright night lights? The teddy bears? Oh no. I think she was playing music at the time. I think she, the recital was her playing. She was re- she was the recitaling person. <laughs> she was the performer. Emperor, oh, there we go. Emperor Toba made her her con- his consort. There we go. And immediately God damn got it. sick. <laughs> like, there you fucking go. Yeah, he made her his consort and immediately fell ill. No doctor could figure out what was wrong with her. So they called in, in a Buddhist man. I'm just going to call him Abe. After doing some divination, he discovered that the emperor was marked with a bad omen. Later, he discovered the cause was Tomama no Me. In order to prove it, they decided to perform a ritual and have her be a part of it, reasoning that evil spirits cannot perform certain parts of this ritual. She did her part, and she was able to wave the ceremonial staff, but then she vanished. This was enough proof for the emperor. But she did it. Just because she disappeared right after doesn't mean she couldn't do it. She still did did it i think the implication is that it was so painful for her that it 
either banished her or she had to leave. Like how a demon can kind of withstand exorcism, but eventually it's going to kick their ass, depending on what you're watching. Soon after, women and children began disappearing in certain areas of Japan, kind of nearby. The court decided that this was Tomama no Mei's doing, and they ordered Probably. for her to be destroyed. <laughs> they ordered for her to be destroyed. They sent Miura no Suke, a military commander, and Kazusa no Suke, a samurai lord, to go after her. They chased her into the plains of Nasu, which is where the Seshoseki resides. It's said that the military commander had a dream. He had a beautiful girl appear to him, and she cried that tomorrow I will lose my life to you. Please save me. He refused, and the next morning they caught Tomama no Mei. The military general shot two arrows, one into her flank and one through her neck, and the samurai struck her with his sword, and she fell exactly where the general had dreamed she would. One year later, Emperor Kano, or Kanoe, K-O-N-O-E, died with no heir. When I first typed this out, I accidentally put no hair. No heir, like... No no son. Oh, no air. No No air. (laughs) No A-I-R. No oxygen. No, he didn't have any... No air to the throne. Okay, like, I'm sorry. I heard, like, obviously he's dead if he doesn't have air. But no, you mean, like, a hair, like, air, like, air to the throne. <laughs> he died and Jordan Sparks started playing in the background. Oh, no. That's still a good song. I want to re-listen to that soon. It's a great song. The next year, Emperor Toba died as well. Almost, not exactly a year, but the next year. Um, R.I.P.P., man. Literally. The crisis over the no air situation caused a huge rivalry that led to the Genpei or Genpei War. It's G E N P E I. And this was the end of this period and the rise of the first shoguns. This began God what is. Damn it, Jordan Sparks. <laughs> Look what you Jordan caused. Sparks caused the rise of the first shogun. Yes. <laughs> Shoguns. <laughs> Jordan Sparks. She did release that song, Battlefield. We have connected the dots. (laughs) We haven't connected shit. We've connected them. This began what is called the military dictatorship of Japan, ending in 1867. She is said to haunt a massive boulder that killed every living thing that touched it. Next section. I do want to point out for this specific section, I did heavily reference a thesis that a woman made where this is part of her culture and she did make a huge thesis on it. I will link it in the notes for this episode. I, it's an incredible read. I had to go to a couple of different places to download it, but I will mention her name and the title of it in the notes. But if you want a really, really in-depth on her view of the story and why it changed and all this stuff, an incredible read. It, it was her thesis, actually. So good on her for the amazing thesis. I hope that went well for her when she submitted it. I might actually have the file saved. I can probably look it up. Okay. His name oh. is Ian... Ferguson. He graduated from a university in Hawaii. The thesis submitted to the facility of the Graduate School of University of Colorado in partial fulfillment of the requirement of the degree for a Master's of Arts, Department of Asian Languages and Civilization. This thesis is entitled The Evolution of a Legend, a Comparison of the Culture of Tamama no Mei, portrayed in Muro Machi Period story by Ian Stewart 
Ferguson has been approved for the Department of uh, Asian Languages and Civilizations. At the bottom, it says the final copy of this thesis has been examined by the people who signed it, and we find that both the content and the form meet acceptable representation standards of the scholarly work in the above-mentioned discipline, hopefully meaning it was accepted. So I'm so sorry. Ian Ferguson submitted this. This is his thesis statement. It is 65 pages long, and it is an incredible read if you get the chance to read it. This is heavily referenced for this next part. So the changing of it. In 1653, Tomama no Soshi, another writing of the original story, had an amendment that says that Tomama no Me's spirit embedded itself into the boulder in Nasu after her death. This version also changed her personality as someone who is submissive and craves Buddhahood, which is a weird word for me, which goes against the original idea that they seem to oppose each other. The author goes on to explain, Ian goes on to explain that the change in the story to Tomama no Mei now being interested in enlightenment and being exercised could be due to religious leaders and priests adding a lesson to convert people to Buddhism. Taking a character who has been through so much and saying everything was fixed because of Buddhism was appealing. Apparently this happened often in Mugen no Play, M-U-G-E-N, where historical figure spirits would beg for Buddhahood. This is consistent with a bunch of ancient leaders, actually, or ancient figures. The basic idea of how these plays would go is the priest would be walking. He would come across the spirit, pretending to be something else. The spirit would recount some terrible things that had happened, not really claiming that it was theirs. And then the Buddha or the priest would find the person again the next day. The person would reveal themselves as whatever this leader was and say, basically can my sins be forgiven the priest would say yes you can be forgiven and they would be converted to buddhism and be forgiven that way you know what this feels like to me some christian bullshit (laughs) yeah like (laughs) heavy christian bullshit because i feel like christianity did the exact same thing probably but i would really 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 love to see the conversation where a christian says that um hitler's spirit has been exercised because he's really sorry about it In this amendment to the story, it said that sometime between 1336 and 1392, a Buddhist monk exercised the spirit and held a Buddhist memorial service for the spirit to finally rest and be reborn, which uh, causes problems later on, if you couldn't tell. Now on to the original point of the story, the Seshoseki. The Seshoseki is the name of the boulder that the spirit was said to have embedded itself into. Seshoseki is the name given to a stone in the volcanic mountains of Nasu. This area is famous for its sulfuric hot springs. The stone is called the Killing Stone. It is That's the translation. It's said to kill anyone who comes into contact with it. There is good reason for this, too. Rocks and large stones in this area where volcanic toxic gases are often named Seshoseki, and the reference is to this specific legend, but they're surrounded by toxic fumes. In Japan, large stones and rocks tend to be in areas where there are high amounts of volcanic gas. The components of these gases are water vapor, carbon dioxide, sulfur as sulfur dioxide or hydrogen sulfide, nitrogen, argon, helium, neon, methane, carbon monoxide, and hydrogen, which are not good for you in most large doses or small doses. Volcanic gases are directly responsible for roughly 3% of all volcanic-related deaths of humans between the 1900s and 1986. They can kill by acidic erosion, others by asphyxiation. So the idea that this stone kills people is probably because it's literally toxic to be near. So you're telling me... (laughs) 
someone oh, walked into a knife and said, hey, that kills people. <laughs> Essentially. Yeah, basically. The Seshoseki split into two on March 5th, 2022. So last year. We were laying in bed together whenever we started seeing this shit come up. <laughs> yeah. I'm so, no, like dead ass. I <laughs> yeah. remember making like some comment about it to you now. <laughs> I don't remember what the comment was. I don't know. I just remember. Like, you just recall something. it happening. Yeah. Amazing. People had seen cracks forming in the stone for several years, which allowed rainwater to enter and erode the stone. It's believed that the stone was not broken open by anything other than weathering. So no one came in and broke it in the middle of the night. On March 26th of the same year, the local government had a priest host a ceremony at the site with prayers, offerings, and waving a ceremonial staff over the split rock. This staff is a wooden wand used in Shinto purification rituals. It kind of has white tassels on the end of it. It looks really cool. This, by the way, for any nerds out there, because I added this in my notes because I was also curious, is not the same rock from Demon Slayer. Though it is thought that that rock resembles one at the Haban Shrine, H-A-B-A-N, if any nerds want to go look it up. I did want to add in here, because everyone on TikTok took this so seriously when the Seshoseki split, but the priest coming in and hosting like service for the rock is basically the equivalent of holding a funeral for your dead fish. It kind of was a joke, and a lot of people that were actually local to the area joked about the kitsune coming out, but no one actually believed it was true. But Westerners took it very seriously and were saying that, oh, the kitsune has been released and now it's going to come get you. And a lot of people on Witch Talk looked a little too serious when they were saying it online. Which is the whole reason I wanted to tell this story in the first place, because I think it's a little ridiculous that people took this so seriously. I think it's a little ridiculous that Westerners just jumped onto it without actually considering any part of the legend whatsoever. It's a little embarrassing. Are we really surprised by any of it? Though? No, but I think this is where being culturally aware comes in very, very, very well knowing the stories behind things can save you a lot of embarrassment but also it makes you look less stupid i feel like maybe there were a lot of people that knew this story and knew that it was kind of like a wives tale and kind of you know felt maybe like they couldn't speak up about it and like i said there were a bunch of people who were japanese saying you guys are taking this way too seriously and their voices were almost completely silenced that's basically the equivalent of the mothman statue in point pleasant right getting knocked over and split in two and uh people in japan going oh no mothman's gonna come get us you better be so scared because mothman's gonna show up and he's gonna take over the government and he's gonna possess all of our leaders and have them commit suicide but like taking it fully seriously is basically the equivalent of what westerners did with that i hate it here <laughs> like genuinely like I, I hate living in this country so fucking much and i hate every like white bitch on witch talk specifically because they were the main ones doing it like it was really bad yeah the thing that also sucks is i didn't even see the japanese people posting about the kitsune until i started doing research for this none of the videos of japanese people saying hey you guys look ridiculous came up on my feed i only was getting witch talk people going oh, the kitsune is going to come get us and fix everything. And I'm like, the fuck are you talking about? Yes, because guess what? Social media is racist. Like, inherently. Like, shit, mini tangent here, sorry. But that's the same reason why 
we have black people specifically asking for us to boost their voices whenever we're discuss we're discussing things like black lives matter and um like the high rate of police brutality and murder against their community like we're not like they're that's why they're asking us to boost them instead of speaking for them because unfortunately white bitches have a habit of taking over everything people who experience the situations and people who have grown up in the situations and heard all the stories are going to have a certain level of perspective that no one who understands but has never been there is going to have and that's extremely important to understand that while both of us are white people talking about these stories there is a level of nuance that we are going to give information. We're not always going to understand a lot of the nuances that are going to come with these stories that might just go right over our heads. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk specifically about the story, especially in the first episode, is to kind of give an idea of this is the kind of stuff that I want to talk about. Just a heads up, by the way, since you so kindly brought up that culture, I will not be touching any closed practices, not going to be talking about gods or legends that are closed even if the information is out there because someone decided to snitch that's not something that i'm going to be talking about i'm not interested in talking about it i will share legends and stories if people of that culture have openly told those stories but i'm not going to be diving into private practices or the history of certain deities or anything like that that i shouldn't even be speaking the name of so i'm specifically speaking about one very specific god in I think it's there's a difference between hoodoo voodoo and there's another one hoodoo and voodoo are two different things i i know what you're talking about and for the life of me i can't remember it right now i'll probably remember it later but there is uh. a specific deity in there that i'm not i'm not even gonna say the name that's a perfect example of this it's what it wasn't the one that was like co-opted for american horror story no that is not the same one there is another i can say the word loa right it's a loa it's not a d it's a loa specifically the word for it it's a it's a loa it's not him i keep saying i'm wanting to say baba yaga but that's not it's not baba yaga that's the that's the russian one yeah baba Um, yaga is russian it was well not necessarily russian per se it was the papa guy i'm not gonna say his name it's the papa guy He's a Loa. It's not him. It's a different one. I think there was a case of a woman who was trying to contact him after watching American Horror Story, and she ended up contacting something more dangerous. That Loa, I will not be looking into or referencing or researching at all, but it was a white woman that did it, by the way. Um, I might, just to point out, like, this is why white people shouldn't be messing with certain things. That I don't, again, I don't remember if it was hoodoo or voodoo or... Let me look. I know I wrote it down. There is a difference between, I think Haitian voodoo is specific, but it's not V-O. Oh, there's two different versions of voodoo. It's V-O-O-D-O-O and V-O-D-O-U. V-O-D-O-U is Haitian voodoo. It's different. But anyway, things like that I won't be covering. Um, private practices from indigenous cultures, stuff like that. I, I don't intend to infringe on that. Legends and stuff I, I will talk about, but if it looks like it's private, I'm not going to talk about it. I do have a couple cases planned where they do kind of like touch into that. I will not be going into detail. I will mention the practice and be like, hey, they focused with, they like, this is like a big part of their personality or like big part of their private life, but I will not be going into detail because a lot of times that information is not even accessible. And if it is, it is because somebody decided to put it out there whenever they should. Mm-hmm. 
Japan. So Kitsune's in modern culture. Kitsune Go or G A O refers to women with narrow faces, uh, close set eyes, uh, thin browns, and high cheekbones. So it's like a face type. Kitsune Tsuki refers to a culture bound syndrome similar to lycanthropy, where people believe they are possessed by a fox. Symptoms include a craving for rice or sweet beans. Is this what I think this is? We're getting there. I know what you're thinking of. We're getting there. We're getting there. Restlessness and aversion to eye contact. An exorcism. We're back to the exorcism. An exorcism can get rid of the spirit, but if a priest is not available, the victim may be burned or beaten in the hope of driving out the spirit. Zero to 60 in less than 3.5 seconds. What the fuck? I know. If a priest is not available, Beat you're them. just gonna you're just gonna have to die. I'm sorry about it. I'm so sorry, but like I know. You'd, you'd be better off dead than be possessed. Whenever more than likely it's just a learning disability or a mental disability making its presence known, not mm-hmm. possession. Yep, families of people who are believed to be possessed by the kitsune may be outcasts or ostracized by their community. Some families believe that they are protected by fox spirits and use that to gain fortune or curse the land and families of people that they dislike. It is considered taboo to marry into any family like this since it will grow the family and it causes social problems between people for some reason. Also, fun fact, sun showers in Japan are referred to as kitsune's wedding referring to a myth where two kitsune marry under the same weather conditions, and it is considered a good omen. Oh, that's sweet. I really like sun showers. They're so pretty. Yeah. Alrighty. Back to China. Huli Jing. We're back in the fucking building again. <laughs> Huli Jing are the Chinese version of kitsunes. Thought to be the origin to the kitsune in Japanese culture and the kumiho or gumiho in Korean culture. Huli Jing have a habit of seducing young men while looking like beautiful maidens. Draining their life essence in the middle of sexual acts. Me too. I wish I could do that. (laughs) There are also legends of them helping humans or them being victims of human cruelty. This is where I only wrote down the differences of Japanese kitsune and hulijing. At 50 years, they can transform into an old man or an old woman. At 100 years, they can transform into a beautiful young woman. They need to put a human skull on its fox head in order to transform into a human and worship the Big Dipper. But that myth is not as common. They are able to ascend to the heavens with enough life essence. And it cannot come from humans. It must come from nature. They kind of have to cultivate it. Huli Jing that prey on people will likely never become part of the celestial realm. It's considered like bad chi almost. Only foxes who self-cultivate can ascend. Humans are Huli Jing junk food. So if you eat a Huli Jing. Or if if a Huli Jing eats a a human. (laughs) If you give a mouse a cookie. (laughs) If you give a holy jing a human, they cannot ascend. So. <laughs> this is so... I mean, that's a great, like, way of explaining it. <laughs> but that's only going to reach a niche amount of people who, who have read the book, If You Give a Mouse, give a, cookie. A, mouse a Cookie. He will I mean, ask for some milk. I mean, basically, that's what happens. There is a saying in Chinese culture. That where there is no fox demon, no village can be established. So it seems like they're pretty common or kind of revered in certain areas. The more popular myths are ones where Huli Jing are malevolent 
unlike kitsune who are foxes that become magical hulijing are always magical regardless of age they're usually seen with longer tails human feet fox front paws fox ears and denser fur at this point i started to realize that the article that i was reading might be racist (laughs) but we're gonna move on in the ming and qing dynasty Environmental issues were blamed on fox spirits, and the hauntings were also considered common of Kitsune or uh, Hulijing. I think the racist part in the article was that they were saying that the Chinese version was better than the Japanese version, and I didn't want to include that. I'm sure there's some argument there. I am not privy to it. This is the part you were thinking about. No, please, God, don't. Belief in spirits is considered to be the cause of a culture bound disease called Koro. This is a delusional disorder in which the individual have an overpowering belief that their sexual organs are retracting and will disappear into their body. It's also known as shrinking penis syndrome. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about that. Linking to other mass hysteria in other countries called genital retraction syndrome. But I like shrinking penis syndrome better. I'm so sorry. In you women, it shows. SPS. In women, <laughs> it shows as the nipple retracting into the breast, <clears throat> generally into the breast as a whole. <clears throat> no, thank you. Asian no. people generally slash traditionally believe Koro to be fatal. At this point, yeah. I started questioning my life. I literally wrote, "What is my life at this point?" Okay. <laughs> I remember I remember writing this in a Starbucks too. Oh my god, I remember that. I'm so sorry about this next part. What are you about to say? Don't the anxiety may cause some people to resort to physical methods to prevent the retraction. Oh god. Men may pre- <laughs> Men may perform <laughs> men may perform manual or mechanical penile traction or anchoring no. by no. means of a string. Or some sort of clamping no. device. D- that's t- just take like a Viagra. You'll be fine. Take one of those like magical like penis enlargement pills from those ads you see on Pornhub. Sometimes you'll be fine. Women Not may be this. Women may be seen grabbing at their own breasts, pulling their nipples, or even having iron pins inserted into <gasps> the nipple. Oh no! These attempts often lead to injuries and sometimes death. No, yeah, no shit. But in, no, indigenous treatment in China consists of praying and asking a Taoist priest to perform exorcism if a fox spirit is believed to be the cause. Some people hit gongs or beat the person to drive the spirit out. I they think m- I'd rather get. I, w- I think I would rather have them beat the gong than beat me. I think I'd rather be beat to death. <laughs> <laughs> they may be they may be given medicine including herbs, stag antler, deer tail, tiger penis, deer penis, or penis. Why so many different types of penis? I think a common thing in like Chinese medicine is the idea that eating some part of a body will enhance that part of the body for you. Oh, so it's just like eating somebody else's brain will give you their smarts. Yeah, things like that. This belief and also this syndrome, it's mostly confined to South China. And it was first documented in 1908. Hey, uh, what the fuck, guys? But guess what? Oh, no, what's up? We're at the fox cult. <gasps> fox cult. I fox heard. cult. Okay. Hushian, H-U-X-I-A-N, 
is the fox god. It's a deity in the Chinese religion, and this cult is actually still present in northern China. No, I did not see any cult places for this spirit in northern China while I was there. Usually identified as the fox immortal lady, whose animal form is the nine-tailed fox. She's the equivalent of the Onari Okami in Japan. She's also represented as a couple of gods, male and female, called the Great Lord of the Three Foxes and the Great Lady of the Three Foxes. She was, or they, were worshipped in almost every household in northern China. This is the cutest thing I've ever heard in my life. In certain areas, every newborn is assigned his or her own patron god, manifestation of this fox deity. Usually, it's the opposite sex of the child. After the child is married, the two patrons will be represented sitting together. Aww, isn't that so cute? The amount of fox god shrines in Manchuria, I believe, was also overwhelming. Kitsune cult specifically, in the Tang dynasty or Tang dynasty, commoners worshipped the fox spirit of Daji. They made offerings in their bedrooms to beg for favor and to share food and drinks with the spirits. In the Song dynasty, specifically in 1111, the fox spirit cults were completely outlawed. On the eve of the Jurchen invasion, a fox came into the throne of the emperor at the time. He ordered the destruction of all fox temples as he saw the visit as a bad omen. The city was invaded the next day and the dynasty fell five months later. This is known as the Jurchen invasion, a battle that had been going on for a very long time. It's considered the identity war. Basically, I think the Huns or the Mongols or something, someone basically entered northern China and said, we are Chinese and just basically said, we're more Chinese than you are. And other Chinese people said no. And that basically just kept happening until they conquered like all of northern China. Yeah, yeah I guess. <laughs> I mean, yeah. the spirits at the time were mostly benevolent and helped when well treated, but they would turn against people if they were mistreated, specifically the, the Huli Jing, I think. Alrighty, Last section, I promise. Kumiho slash Gumiho. This is the Korean version. I'm not going to go over the similarities between the other two. However, the Kumiho or Gumiho transforms into a beautiful woman and sets out to seduce men and eat their livers or hearts. Me too. <laughs> Believed to come from a place called Qingqiu, meaning Green Hill, interpreted as the region to the east that is later referred to as Korea. So I believe this is the Chinese name for where Korea is, roughly. Fair enough. <laughs> They're almost always seen as evil figures who eat human flesh, though it's unclear when this transition happened in Korea, since many ancient texts have them assisting humans. The Kumiho is known to walk the streets at night and dig up human hearts from graves. They're usually seen as half-human, half-fox people. Unique to the Kumiho is a method of absorbing human energy through a deep kiss. They send an orb, this magic orb that they have, into the mouths of the person they are kissing, and retake them back with their tongues. If the person swallows the pearl, however, they are given basically godly knowledge. Some myths believe that if the Kumiho does not kill or eat humans for 1,000 years, they can become humans themselves. A final nod. There is the Huli Ting, which is the Vietnamese version, uh, version of the nine-tailed fox. It doesn't have a specific personality. It can either help or hurt people. The Huli Ting have the ability to cultivate, to be able to transform, and have magic if they practice for 100 years. 
they get three tails and there's specific names for three tailed foxes and you know six and so on they gain six tails after a thousand years and they reach nine tails they can turn into humans with each tail basically representing a, a different life that concludes the story of the seshoseki holy crap that was a whirlwind my brain is melted <laughs> like in a brilliant way like you did a really good job with this like it is thank you astonishing though like how much history it has yeah and like i love like when stories like this involve different like aspects of the history how each dynasty fell was almost directly like correlated to some sort of almost butterfly effect of the kitsune if not directly caused by the kitsune like even if the kitsune just popped up and just happened to be with pal like she didn't really do anything but just kind of be there she was still the reason why it fell because kitsune are considered to be bad opens i do think that even if those women did not have a direct influence on the fall of three different dynasties they were probably inserted to be the bad omens just their presence was the bad omen because they consistently were the concubines of the emperors or kings at the times so i think they just were the embodiment of kitsune being bad omens which is interesting because they're only ever bad omens in china yeah i wonder if that has anything to do with the why she left china in the first place probably but like i wonder if that has anything to do with the patriarchal society that is was at built at the time and continues to almost flourish considering that the kitsune is considered to be an example of what beautiful women can do to a society built by men. I wouldn't be surprised if it has some sort of patriarchal things. I do want to reference again Ian's article. It does actually go in depth on the patriarchy and all that stuff. So again, if you want a really, really, really in-depth explanation of all of this, I highly recommend looking into that thesis paper. Yeah, we can probably like link it where like link where you found it in the description. Yeah, I, I really, really, really want to desperately give credit to the person who literally studied this so in depth that they were able to submit it for their thesis. And it seems to have gotten approved, which means absolutely incredible work to you, Ian. You got you got good. But yeah, so there is that. We've been recording for three and a half hours and I am my knees hurt and we still have two more episodes to record. And we'll be I think it'll be just fine though probably noted before we are recording these episodes in batches so you may hear something that you may hear like information from like a certain episode that's that might come out recently to you but has been recorded a while in advance so that information may be wrong and that we will have to like update like just talking about like current events and stuff but hopefully if everything goes well, we'd be able to record more frequently and closer to when these episodes will be released. Ideally, we would be recording the week before. But again, we have, I believe, a Twitter and an Instagram as well. So if there are updates that we just haven't put into an episode yet, we'll probably post them initially right then on those social medias and then we will later in an episode probably do like a end of the month additional episode update of information that we have learned that is tweaked and all that fun stuff 
Absolutely. If you want to locate us, you can find us on Instagram and I guess now X because Elon Musk is fuck Twitter. Fuck Twitter. Um, you can find us at um, Wicked Anthology on Twitter and Wicked Anthology Pod on Instagram. And yes. of course, we'll be linking our uh, Gmail in the description. So in case you want to reach out to us. Please do. Mm-hmm. We love having conversations with people. Like, especially, like, conversations about these type of things. That's partially why we started this thing to begin with, is, like, just to tell each other stories about I would love to know if there are any people out there that um, have encountered or heard stories of the kitsune. Um, if you have personal stories to any of the legends or things that I cover, um, I would absolutely love to hear them. If you have specific things that you would like me to look into or psychos as well please let us know um i love hearing cultural stories that have been witnessed in modern day times i also love hearing about what people would like like having suggestions from people obviously i'm not going to cover a whole lot of super popular or super well-known cases because a million and one different podcasts have done certain cases (laughs) And I'm not here to rehash information, per se. Um, But if you do have any suggestions, I'm always open to them. Because sometimes my brain does not work. And I would love just to be given something (laughs) to look at. Same here. If you have a story or legend from your culture that you think would do really well on here. Or that you think either of us would find interesting. um, Again, you can just go ahead and let us know. But I think that is everything for this first episode. I know it is crazy long. But again, we are releasing these every two weeks. So you could listen to uh, Psychos' session for the first half and you could listen to my section the second week and then you won't even notice that any time has passed. And all. Um, But once again, thank you. I hope you've stuck around to the end and we hope to see you soon. Yep. Stay safe and keep learning. Good night.